I return! Oh. Jesus Christ, finally. God. Well, you know, unlike some people, I don't forget to wipe, so. Oh my <laughs> god! ones with nothing left inside that anyone can love. We are the Sox cast, and this is episode 58, our final regular episode of the year, because we've got all kinds of end-of-the-year shenanigans coming up after this episode uh, that we're going to be needing to buckle down on, uh, the first of which we're going to nail right away. Rhett, I'm going to need you to repeat after me to drill it into these people's heads. Are you, you got me on this? Yes, I will not screw it up like someone else. Yeah, yeah, that because that didn't happen. Three games. Three games. Two to three sentence blurbs. Two to three sentence blurbs. December 15th by midnight. December 15th by midnight. Podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. Podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. If you want to be a part... Of our game of the year, and you want us to read your lists? That's all you gotta do. Uh, but we've got lots. We, we we got we got a big old schedule of stuff coming up. Uh, coming up on the week of the nineteenth ish or so. Um, going over the like sort of the program notes, I guess, is that we'll be doing. It's like um, you so you want uh, four podcasts in a row? How got how would you guys like to have like just four podcasts, like one right after the other? Wouldn't that be great? Woo! Be fantastic. So starting on the nineteenth. We're going to have Album of the Year Day 1 from the Album Listening Club with myself and Taylor going over our 10 to 6 best albums of the year. On uh, the 20th, we're going in Album of the Year Day 2 where we go over the top 5 albums of the year and Byron and Boner will be contributing their top 3 albums as well. So, more music! Cool. On the 20th, Game of the Year... Day one, 10 to 6. And on the 22nd, game of the year, day two, top five games of 2016. So that's a lot of shit coming up. Rhett, Rhett, how can, yeah. how can they, how can they, how can they get us our game of the year list again? Email podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy.net with mm-hmm. your top three. And two to three sentence blurbs. All right. You've got this nailed down. To my media virtual right, his penis is the reason for the season. <laughs> you hanging iffy bells that's, on it. That's right. That's goddamn right I do. That's not that's not white garland dripping down that thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I'm saying that it's semen. Because you ejaculated. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I'm just... I, look, I'm just... <laughs> I'm clarifying for those that need clarification. Jokes are always better when you explain them. They are. They are. How you doing, Rhett? Ready for podcast? Ready for the last big one of the year? Yeah, a little tired, but... A little tired? We'll get through it. 
You work in them holiday hours. It's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be no fun for you. No. To my media virtual left, he's always giving people bad nicknames that they don't want. It's John Thire. Douchebag hey baby boy. How's it going, douchebag baby boy? Hey there, snooty pants. Snooty pants. I see. I don't like that at all. What's the shitty nickname you got we're, for we'll it? Work, we'll workshop it. Um, poopy pants. I, I, all right. I'm, okay, I'm sensing okay. a theme. I'm sensing okay. a theme that pants are kind of like the the main theme here. Hey there, snooty shirt. That's right. Oh, okay, snooty okay. shirt. Yeah, there we go. Is that your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shirt? <laughs> I don't think just, that's very snooty. No. <laughs> walks in, walks in, and then somebody's like, get a load of that fucking guy. I think he's better than everyone else. We got a spe- We got a surprise. What? A big surprise. You know how I said back in June, July, that no more guests after Carmichael. We're done. Well, I, I fucking lied. Because guess what we got? We have... You lying piece of shit. I'm a lying piece of shit! Let it be known. Ladies and gentlemen, she is SocksMakePeopleSexy.net's fish food connoisseur. Fuck you. It's Ashley. Welcome back to the show, Ashley. How's it going? Well, first off, fuck you for saying what you just said. (laughs) What are you talking about? Second of all, there is not a lie in anything I just said. Bitch, stop talking and let me speak. (laughs) <laughs> okay so first things first i want to know what john tyler's shitty nickname for me is uh yeah i have to know dragon head Dra- <laughs> dragon head well that is certainly shitty thank you damn it oh um these are like anti-humor but but listen <laughs> listen worst. There is not a single line anything I just said. The, when me and Ashley first started talking on Skype, she used to use the camera a lot. Um, and, you know, because that's what you do. And she's like, ah, hold on, I'll be right back. I gotta go. I have to go make the world's biggest poop. Exactly what she said, too, by the way. I did not say that. And so she puts her headset down gets off and she like she forgets her cameras on she goes over to the fish tank and just like starts looking down in front of it just eyeballing everything and just like sticks her hand down and pulls out just a fucking big handful of fish food and just throws her face in it just just little pebbles going all over the place and like that like the weird part though is like after she did that she started doing like this little dance afterward and just started singing butt dance, butt dance, butt dance, butt dance. <laughs> I was like, what? You're the? fucking retarded. <laughs> like, what? The? Why did I agree to be on this fucking podcast if that's all you're going to do? <laughs> but seriously, not a lie in anything that I've just said. This is like, why? Why would I have stuck to this story for all these years if it wasn't true? <clears throat> Let's see. Because you've been only saying don't forget to wipe for the past <laughs> couple months now, and you just keep... You beat a dead horse well, way Ashley, after it's already beaten. If you wouldn't forget to wipe, we wouldn't be having this conversation. <clears throat> well, 
Can't argue with that. I wouldn't be lying so much. I would be tempted to hit the hang up button. So, oh, Ashley, no, you're on a podcast, and on a podcast we talk about things. So, um, fuck you and your topics. Other. <laughs> Fuck you I'm, and the topics you wrote in on. I'm sensing a little hostility here. Somebody does not like the truth, it seems. Did you hear me crack my knuckles just now? <laughs> I'm getting ready to actually. fight you. <laughs> getting ready to fight you, Polly. I, I can't take this kind of slander. I can't crack my knuckles because I have a cyst on my middle finger right now, and it hurts a lot. But well, I, I will I'm still fight you. That. I will still fight wow, you. Wow, Ashley. What? Oh, nice. Just being mean about the system. Oh. I said I'm sorry to hear about it. Okay. I wasn't mean. She's probably doing a little... She's probably doing <laughs> Now, a little... if I wanted to be mean, I could say that's what you deserve for spreading all these lies about me. She's but... probably... <laughs> as soon as she heard that I have a very painful cyst on my hand that's on the tendon and hurts my entire middle finger, as soon as she heard that, she probably got up and just started doing her little butt dance again and just started... <laughs> She muted her mic and just started singing, butt dance, butt dance, butt dance. You can't tell right now, but I'm holding up my middle finger, which is something you might not be able to do. <laughs> it doesn't translate well to an audio podcast. <laughs> so, Ashley. What? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want to talk about? I don't know. You got some shitty topics, so let's talk about those. You are, are you just gonna throw it to me to start off? Yeah, I am because you're not. You're the one that's on a time limit here. We got fucking two out an hour and forty nine. Oh, you'd be surprised how quickly it flies by. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, okay. Well, I'll start out. I'll start out. Okay. One of my shitty, dumb, totally not worth it topics. Then, damn fucking right. My shitty, dumb, stupid topics. Uh, so you guys remember last episode, I was talking, like, you might have realized I kind of like that there, that, that, that Danganronpa series a little bit. Oh boy, yep. I like sure it did bit. like that second game. Yeah, like, that second game was fantastic. That first game is equally fantastic. Just, like, real good set of games, and then, uh... There's a, a, a and then there's a sequel to the games. That's it's it's a Japanese cartoon. That's weird, huh? That's a weird way to go about creating a sequel to your game series by just making a direct sequel. So we have the 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 first arc, which is the 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 the, the, the hope arc. No, that's not the hope arc. It's the one that's not the arc that I'm going to be talking about despair. in the moment. Yeah, we have the despair arc. That's the one. And that that arc's real good. Um, and the reason that I kind of, like, sidestep talking about, like, people playing that or watching that before they play Danganronpa 2 is because it gives a lot of contextualization to all of the big reveals in Danganronpa 2. Uh-uh. about like why things are the way they are and the despair arc lives up to its name it is very much full of despair and no i wasn't crying you were uh but it's oh, it's... oh so, you, so you nominated for a steam award is what you're saying <laughs> monokuma and this is the uh he is he's the villain in need of a hug oh um 
but yeah, the the despair arc is pretty good. It goes over a lot of the things that they were still clarified in Danganronpa too, but like they just get fleshed out more with uh, the anime, and it's really well done. It's well paced, uh, and it earns everything that it goes for, uh, and it has a really nice conclusion that kind of like leads right into the 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 things that start to happen at the start of the second game then there is the mirai hen or future arc which takes place after danganronpa 2 and it is a hot pile of fucking garbage uh, it is the equivalent of of tuaru majutsu no railgun and being, <laughs> wow, these sure are a bunch of fanfic characters somebody plucked out from their fucking uh, notebook and threw them in here that I don't care about at all. And, like, the, like a majority of the focus is on all of these characters that you didn't spend time with in the games because Danganronpa is a series that has strength in characters and strength in character building, and you grow to really love those characters and you really get involved and then the anime is like here's all these new characters that are in control of things behind the scenes let's talk about how cool and important they are like oh great fantastic let's do that for 12 episodes it'll be real good and then it wasn't so basically like the premise is um some some people from the first Danganronpa game and all of these fan fiction characters, they get put into basically what I equivalent, I, I, I call the equivalent of very, very shitty zero escape anime. Oh no. It seriously is zero escape because everybody's ah. got, everybody's got a thing on their wrist and there are penalties for, there, there are death penalties associated. Like, everybody's got a thing on their wrist, and the thing on their wrist displays an action that that person cannot perform. And if they do, they will be killed. So, like, one character is literally cannot, cannot turn to the right. <laughs> <laughs> Another's is cannot run in hallways. So, it's just like... It's just like a really weak ass zero escape setup that doesn't feel like it ends up going anywhere. And then like the but 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 then like like the Danganronpa twist they put on it is that every few hours a, a sleep drug is administered and everybody falls asleep except the person who is the actual killer. Uh-huh. And the idea is that, like, whoever's the actual killer is awake while everybody else is asleep. And if they can get away with murder, they, like, they win and get to escape. And it's real dumb. And... It seems like it would be pretty easy to get away with if everyone's asleep. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's just so stupid. Like... Like, I can't even... It, it was just so mm. disheartening... It seems really different from the second game. Like, it doesn't yeah. feel like a continuation. Like, it doesn't. It, like, it goes over the bigger... Pro like, it, like, Danganronpa, like, 
I think that it works really well is because it focuses on a smaller incident that is merely part of a bigger problem. But the the future arc tries to handle the bigger problem and the bigger problem is something you cannot wrap up conceivably in 12 episodes while also having your dumb zero escape ripoff game in the middle of all of that. And it's just so bad. Like if you're going to watch Danganronpa three at all, only watch the despair arc after you've watched off after you've played Danganronpa two and enjoy that like the extra mm-hmm. flavor that it gives those characters that it gives that story, the extra context that it gives everything emotional in that story. Stick to that, but just you don't need to know what happens after Danganronpa two. It's not important. Like if you like if that's something that you think. Like, if you get to the end of Danganronpa 2 and you think, oh, this is a thing that can be cleared up, you know, in just like one easy season of an anime or something, then you're just completely off your rocker. It's kind of like, like the writer of The Walking Dead says, like, you know, that series really doesn't have an ending because this isn't a problem that can be solved overnight. Like, yeah. the, pro- the problems that are in the Danganronpa universe... Like, the bigger problems, they're important, and they have a huge effect on the entire storyline, but the entire storyline that they're affecting is this smaller, more interesting character-driven story that means a lot more. Like, the bigger problem is just, like, the flavor of everything, of, like, the, the state of the world and all of that shit. Like, that's what matters. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to watch mm-hmm. Danganronpa 3, just do the despair arc. After you play Danganronpa 2 and stay away from shitty-ass future arc. Zero escape. Zero, yeah. yeah. Bad zero escape. I would rather if they have just, like, done a 26-episode zero escape anime or something than have wasted 13 episodes (laughs) on this pile of garbage. So what's the hope arc? Which is one episode. The Hope Arc is just the final episode of the series. Like, there's no, Uh-oh. there's no, like, there's like 12 despair, or not despair, but future episodes. And then just the last uh-huh. episode is called Hope. That's uh-huh. it. Okay. Uh-huh. Like, it, it, there's no, there's nothing special about it. It's just another episode. The way they aired it was also super weird, alternating between them. Yeah, it like, seems like they have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, like despair would air, and then like three days later, an episode of uh, future would air, and it was just kind of because it's just it really is two different shows. Because you can't line them up back to back and make them work without Danganronpa two being in the middle. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they were thinking of making this a game at some point. That's a good question. Given how connected to the second game it seems. It's it's real weird. Like, I don't even know if it would have made a good game. Because yeah, it sounds like the future arc sucks, so... Yeah, like, the maybe. future arc sucks. The characters are dumb. Like, like, every character that's not a character that I didn't enjoy in the visual novel is dumb. So, like, all of the fucking dumb original characters do not steal that they made for the anime are just garbage. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's, that's a bummer. Yeah. 
It's that's just how it goes sometimes. That's that's mm. that's uh Danganronpa three. Ashley The fuck do you want? Throwing it over to you. <laughs> what you been up to? What do you what talk about something? I have been playing Yaoi Fantasy fifteen. Yaoi AKA, Fantasy fifteen, huh? AKA Final Fantasy fifteen. And I am absolutely in love with it. It's just so <laughs> I think after thirteen it's what the series single player entries really needed. It sounds like they looked at all of the big things that most people hated about 13 and said, "Let's do the exact opposite of that and ran as like as quickly in the other direction as they could." They sure did. Cuz this sure sounds did. like a big meaty game with like lots of content. It's big open world and just kind of, it just sounds like, like the Final Fantasy of the next generation that you would want. I would definitely say so. There's this, <clears throat> so much to this game and there's, the world is huge and it's, it's not just open world for the sake of being open world. Like it actually is designed really nicely. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I would, I would say that it probably rivals or even exceeds the two Xenoblade games, which already had absolutely friggin' gorgeous worlds to see. And I think that, like, the Xenoblade games, I think the worlds were just big for the sake of being big. Like, they didn't feel... Like, like the, the impression that I get with Final Fantasy XV is that it kind of earns it, in a way. Like, whereas I think, like, Xenoblade Chronicles, while those games have really amazing places at times most of the times it's just big empty hills and just kind of boring shit i would shit. strongly disagree with that i actually thought xenoblade was actually like gorgeous and not empty at all i thought a lot of that first game's world was just wow this is a snoozer <laughs> well i would definitely uh, disagree with you there well you're I allowed to, you're like, allowed to do that you're allowed no to i'm do not that. no i'm not Disagreements always end in blocks on Twitter. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> That's what it is. The slightest disagreement. You don't like Smarties Candy? Fuck you, you're blocked. Do, That's I have it. To, do, I, do we have to block each other now then? Is this where it ends? I think, I think it would be better for both of us if we did. Probably. I mean, if we can't agree on a video game. You got Xeno blocked. Oh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> shit. Okay, just, just for that. I'm blocking you too. <laughs> I really, I really like Smarties. Someone told me that Smarties taste like Tums, and I was like, "Well, Tums are okay too." So whatever, yeah, Smarties are great. Hold up, hold up. Smarties are pretty good, but Tums are way better. But I mean, yeah. But Smarties won't probably won't get you sick if you eat too many of them. But That's well, true. Tums, I mean, but Smarties, they might Smarties make won't you, sit. They might make you diabetic. Yeah, they might, but that's a risk that you're Define not too many. Smarties won't make you feel better if you just ate, like, way too much Mexican food. Well, Tom specifically says don't exceed a certain amount. I don't remember the it amount. It says, for a while it said don't exceed more than 20 per day for two straight weeks. <laughs> 20? 20! <laughs> it said, it Who's said 20 eating a day. 20 Tums? If you take the maximum dose for two straight weeks... Um, go see a doctor, and I think they recently changed it to 10 a day. So don't take more than 10 tums a day, folks. 
Ashley, how many tums do you eat a day? About two or three. Okay, you are well within. You are well within yeah. the limit. You're not going to die from Tums poisoning. Mm. Is it, well, yeah. if all the best tasting foods weren't made of acid, maybe we wouldn't need to take so many Tums. Well, things like that have acid are just too good. I know. Like olives, uh, L- garlic. LSD. <laughs> I think I think the the uh, quote for this episode should be I like acid. I like acid. <laughs> I think the quote for this episode should be very on topic. Yeah, we're very on top. So yeah. Final Fantasy Fifteen, <laughs> go over. Okay, so we've got our cool open world. Uh, that's really cool. What are you thinking of the narrative and the story so far? Also, very unlike Final Fantasy Thirteen, it doesn't throw a million different uh, terms at you, <clears throat> and it's just it's very straightforward and it's very simple and it's on awesome. Just on the point, it should be. It doesn't. Awesome. It's just not this weird shit like Falsy, let's see, Sanctum. It's just you're a prince whose kingdom was invaded, his father was murdered, and you're trying to reclaim your kingdom. That's the story. It sticks to that. It's simple, it's easy, and it's good. That's good. Like it's 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 definitely like like Final Fantasy has needed to fucking take a chill pill on story for a long time. Like, even though I will defend fi- the Final Fantasy 13 games, I still agree that, like, that's a series that needs to chill out, stop being a little up your own ass, and... I will say, I don't I don't hate Final Fantasy 13. I just... I don't think it's a good Final Fantasy, and I don't like any of the characters except for... Sarah and Noel. You know what Final Kai, Fantasy Thirteen Kai. is? It's it's what? it's it's a it, Kmart brand Zenosaga. <laughs> and I'm okay with that because I love yeah. Zenosaga. I did too. Yeah. I miss it. Uh, I dropped my cat somewhere. You dropped your cat food. My You're cat eating cat weird. food now. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fish food it's, and cap. Jesus Christ! It's the cap to my drink. Jesus. Yeah, that's Christ. totally what you said. <laughs> you drink what you said. <laughs> it seems like Final Fantasy's kind of been doing that since eight, though, right? I like. Eight, I like, would not agree with that because nine okay. was pretty simple. Oh yeah, well, yeah, nine was very very simple. I would yeah. say I would argue that twelve is fairly simple too but mm. and I, 12's the weird I, cool one so <laughs> no i honestly didn't like 12 back in the day but mm. when it comes out on ps4 i'm gonna give it a second chance i'm all over that because they think they make it they made the um they fixed the gambits so i'm all about that yeah so you don't, don't have to wait don't have to wait 20 hours to get them now yeah yeah they, they're all there from the start and oh fuck yes oh that is, like, because, the reason I wanted to play that game, and they just botched that, so I could never and I get through the can, early game. I think you can lock your characters into specific job classes, so the license boards will only give them things for that specific job class, so that's another good thing, because the license board was a fucking mess. Well, it was uh, dumb. Yeah, it was garbage. Yeah, it was fucking dumb, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I was trying to be a little bit nicer 
Yeah. But no, it was it was fucking down. I hate the license board because you never Final, know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy always... Thirteen kind of seemed like the critical mass of the stuff building up in eight and ten, with just like the all the proper noun made up proper nouns. Yeah. And nonsense. I remember I told someone on Twitter today that like just the battle system and whatnot. Some of the na- words they used for that were like someone was making a parody of what a next gen Final Fantasy might look like. Were they making like, a paradigm the... shift? Paradigm shifts, yeah. Par- <laughs> use, use the paradigm shifts in the conditional battle system to make points for your Crystarium. And <laughs> they got the real up their own ass. Oh, yeah. Fabula, Crystallis Nova, or whatever. <laughs> the lore thing. behind that is actually really cool. Like, if you look mm-hmm. at, like, the backstory of, of that mythology, it's really cool. The only thing is, Final Fantasy thirteen barely follows it. Yeah. Thirteen two incorporates some of it, and Lightning Returns incorporates a lot of it, but just thirteen in general, just it's it just like, like backseat could... bullshit. I want to see a book that written about Final Fantasy thirteen's development because it <laughs> seems like a game that was a bit of a mess coming together, more so than Final Fantasy fifteen. Oh, I don't know about That's that. That's because I think I'm sure there was a lot of. Uh, drama behind closed doors but you know what the difference is mm. people seem to really like final fantasy 15 yeah they it also it took 10 years <laughs> to be fair to be fair when they that trailer that they showed in 2006 was conceptual it did not enter development until 2008 but that's what's crazy is how they announced all these games at the same time and were like two years <laughs> later oh, i guess we should start making that one and then you uh, have final fantasy type zero which was originally yeah. agito 13 which came out many years after that too i love how they announced three final fantasy 13 games and then there actually were three but a totally different yeah yeah they (laughs) they totally bunged that whole thing i'm just glad that they removed because final fantasy 15 used to be part of that fabula nova chrysalis thing i I think i I saw that logo the other day in front of 15 but they, they they removed. They removed all that stuff from it. It's not. None of that's in there anymore. There's no fallacy. Let's see. Nothing. Yeah. It's just its own thing now, and that makes me awesome. so happy, because what what we got so far, anyway, which I have about 20 hours of playtime, is really good. The characters are really good. They have so many small, like little things that they do during gameplay, <clears throat> like they'll <clears throat> sometimes. They'll compliment you in battle, and they'll give you a high five, and it'll like it'll do this camera shift where it shows them high fiving really quick. And if you if if you're behind, you know, like in Dark Souls, when you do a backstab, imagine doing something like that with another player next to you, and they they <laughs> both you just kind of both just go right in. Yeah, and it's just it's really right cool. And it, go right in. Yeah, go right in. <laughs> but no, this, the way the character <laughs> development is in that game, it's just really good. I, I'm just. I'm just so pleased it turned out good because I've been very interested in this game ever since that conceptual trailer yeah. in 2006 because it, it looked awesome. And I'm a huge fan of Kingdom Hearts. And when I heard the Kingdom Hearts team was on it, I was like, yes. See, like, it was the opposite for me because I hate Kingdom Hearts. It was like, oh, no. Well, there is a game I can skip. <laughs> well, the final product actually doesn't really doesn't resemble kingdom hearts at all no if you look at the original final fantasy versus 13 gameplay it looked a lot like kingdom hearts yeah not not so much anymore it's its own thing now and i think it 
Like, it's... Like, this game takes a lot of its cues from Western design, I feel. Like, I've, I really feel that, like, this is a game that's trying to step away from as many JRP tradi JRPG traditions as possible. Uh, to kind of, like, because it feels like it needs to shake off the fucking chains of, like, this is what an RPG has to be coming from Japan. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. definitely very Western-oriented, but I, I still think the storytelling and the way the character interactions are, I still think it's very Japanese. That's always going to be a thing. But I was just that's what I want. I don't yeah. I don't want Western style storytelling because honestly, it's not it's just not for me. Right, right. Most of the time, anyway, at least in RPGs. But you know, I'm trying again. It's not Western RPGs, but but that's a topic for another podcast that I won't be on probably. You'll be on because... it. We'll have, we'll bring you back on in the next. Like you are our new end of the year tradition. <laughs> oh boy you just get to be the last guest of the year every year so basically after tonight I get to dread a whole nother year of this yeah you do man my life sucks <laughs> <laughs> wow, we really keep getting off track here so Final Fantasy 15 it's fucking good awesome like, yeah I am I, super super excited to play I'm I'm probably not going to play it until after the new year I've got a PS4 so I can play it oh you did? yeah so oh. but I've, I'm gonna play I've, I've got to play through Doom Uncharted and Bloodborne first so I got yeah, some I, stuff to get through but before I get to Final Fantasy 15 but I'm very very eager and of course like I'm playing through like I'm playing through Persona 5 before I play Final Fantasy 15 if we get to that point yeah Persona 5 takes priority over everything. absolutely yeah I'm getting. I'm actually getting. Priority, a, but that's just me. I'm actually getting a PS4 for Christmas, so I'm gonna probably get play Final Fantasy 15 before anything. I'm pretty excited. Okay. John, oh, John can enjoy all the boys, and he can gush about them with Ashley on Twitter. Yeah, all four of them are so fucking hot. Mm. Yeah. Especially Noctis. He's my man. Yeah, you've had like this Noctis boner for years. Actually, I've only had it for about a year and a half. But yeah, I really do find him very fucking hot. <laughs> I'm still hoping for some Speedo DLC. Make it happen, Square. Make it happen. Get out, like, they delayed this game and, like, and then announced 16 pieces of DLC. Are you telling me there's not something like that in, the, in that DLC? Oh, there's no DLC out yet except for the pre-order stuff. Oh. To get your Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 15 2, where they just change swimsuits for their jobs mid fight. Yeah. Oh, God. I would be so all over that. Yeah. <laughs> that is God, all. This game just looks fucking charming from all the little clips I've seen. Everything about it just looks hella fucking charming. Yeah, I, I saw them riding very, chocobos. Very charming. Oh, like, God, the chocobos. So many little things from other Final I... Fantasies that make me so happy when I see them. Like. Mm -hmm. You can buy the sound. You can buy the soundtracks to other Final Fantasy games at the shops with Gil. What? And you can ride around in the car, blasting them. them. But not only that, you can also buy an MP3 player for Noctis that lets you listen to them anytime you want while oh exploring around. Oh my Holy god! Holy shit! Mind you, they're not the full soundtracks, but they're. Uh -huh. The things, the the songs, for the most part, that 
I wanted. Like, mm-hmm. just, I had the stupidest grin on my face when I was driving around to Final Fantasy VII's world map music. Oh, man. Oh, that's a good one. That's real good. I still have yet to find Final Fantasy IX soundtrack, but mm-hmm. I'm getting there. I think I know where to get it. Do they have Rather, pre-7 music? Uh, yeah. They have, they have oh. every Final Fantasy. Yeah, every yes. Final Fantasy is included. Yes! Well, every mainline Final Fantasy. Hey, but you know what? That's what... Now we know what um, GTA's needed all this time, and it was being able to play fucking Final Fantasy music while you were driving around. Well, on PC, you can do that. Just make a custom radio station. Boom. Awesome. Yeah. That's what I did when I played through uh, the GTA games a couple months ago, is I did it with custom radio stations to either listen to podcasts or listen to my own music. <laughs> cool. Good I, heard, I heard you can drift your chocobo. Yes! You can drift on a chocobo. That's ridiculous. I have yet to do that. I've ridden oh. chocobos, but I never drifted. But I do know there's chocobo racing at some point. Well, of course. They apparently have, they're like, making... There wasn't going to be... I'm sorry, what? As if there wasn't going to be chocobo racing, why bother? <laughs> I mean, you got to gas them up with greens and let them go. Stand back, stand clear as they put on a show. It's so cute and fierce. Are they from hell? Oh my god. Cannot tell. Don't want to know. Oh what? my god. <laughs> They're singing something and I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's that really weird heavy metal. Yep. Version oh my god, the one by Shoddy G or something. Crazy Chocobo. <laughs> I actually really like 13.2 soundtrack. Like, I think 13.2 soundtrack is probably one of my favorite in the whole series. I like 13.2 soundtrack too, except Crazy Chocobo. <laughs> I like it for the the sheer stupidity of it. It is not, very stupid. It's not something I would ever listen to on my own, but I think it's amazing because it's just so stupid. I really want to play Lightning Returns in Final Fantasy Thirteen too. It kind of seems like everything that came out of Final Fantasy Thirteen, besides Final Fantasy Thirteen, was charming and good. I wouldn't call Thirteen too good, but well, it is charming. a lot of it's a lot of fun. Okay, like, cool. Like, the story is still bad, but I liked it. Or rather, I like the characters in thirteen two a lot. And you got a I text a message. Of... Who's yes, playing PSO? It's my text message sound. <laughs> and just when I was playing thirteen two, like I actually did everything in that game. Like, not almost everything. I I did everything you could do in thirteen two because I just I just had so much fun. And then they announced Lightning Returns, and I was like, you know what? I don't care, because I don't like Lightning, so I'll pass. Majora's Mask stuff! That's the only one I own right now is Lightning Returns, so I'm going to play that one and then probably play 13-2 if I like it. <laughs> I think that's the trajectory a number of people went, was going backwards through the trilogy. I think that's a bad idea, because then you, you, you go, you know, you have to eventually go from the... You eventually have to play linearity of to the massive linearity and restrictiveness of 13. Well, maybe I'll just never play 13. <laughs> you know what? I don't mind linearity so much. I actually really like linear games. Mm-hmm. But... But 13 is bad. <laughs> it's just... So any more thoughts on Final Fantasy 15? It's good. It's and good. anybody who has questioned... The direction of the series over ever since the merger of Square and Enix. Give this one a shot. 
because I honestly think this is a step, this is a humongous step in the direction that we needed after a very long time of <laughs> hit or miss or really, really big misses. Cool. I mean, a whole generation that was just focused, as far as single-player games were concerned, was just focused on Final Fantasy XIII's. Yeah. yeah that's... And remaking a, and remaking fourteen because it was such a colossal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oof. But hey, that, that was a pretty big turnaround for them. Yeah. Yeah, that was a huge turnaround. Gotta give them props for that. Mm-hmm. I don't like MMOs, and I played their uh, fourteen. Yeah, I still, I still want to play that game. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, and it's very accessible. It's very single, it's very single player friendly, and yes, it's very accessible. I think my boss at work likes Final Fantasy fourteen a lot. Cool. Cool. <laughs> it's a good game. It is cool. a very good game. I believe it. Cool. Yeah, I feel like Square is in an okay place. Like, yeah, things seem so doing all right. They've got that. They've yeah. got you know your. Like they they they're doing their like western and eastern thing now. They've got kind of both mm-hmm. branches sorted out. They both kind of seem to have their head on straight. Yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven looks cool. Square doesn't make like a whole bunch of original RPGs now, but they publish so much other people's stuff. Yeah. Um, Thirteen Two and Lightning Returns were outsourced to Triace, right? Mm-hmm. And if uh, not, cool, and if not for Square Enix, games. we would not have. I don't Lyra. think they were fully outsourced, but I okay. think Triace did have some kind of include in what's the word inclusion yeah i was was about to say includement and include includedness Mm -hmm. no i was gonna say includement and i know that's not a word if uh if it wasn't for square enix like we wouldn't have life is strange and that that game was fucking fantastic too like they're 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 the company that believed in that pitch and like that game's so good awesome So, uh, who do you want to throw to, Ash? I am going to put Rhett on the spot. Boom! Rhett! Hey. Hi, Rhett. Hello. Uh, so, I noticed one of the games I, pl- I played this week was actually something Ashley talked about the last time she was on. Oh, yeah? I finished up Mega Tag Mention Blanc versus ne- plus Neptune versus Zombies. Oh, man! How shitty did you find it? <sighs> That's not a very good game. <laughs> it's the worst net game by far. Ouch. I mean, I haven't played all of them by far. Like, I don't know. That idle one looks pretty ass. But... <laughs> but you know what? That's the kind of game that you can go into saying, you know, this is going to be bad. And I'm in for a fun time because it's going yeah. to be bad. I expected to go into this game saying, you know what? Like, Action Unleashed was, was not a very... Right. Yeah. Action Unleashed was not a very well-designed game, but it was a lot of fun, and it was very relaxing. Because mm. it was so easy, and it was just relaxing. And then they actually tried to balance uh, a little a little bit better yeah. with this new one, and it did not work out, because it just took away everything that made the first one fun. Mm. And just the fucking yeah. constant breaking accessories. and just like, oh. Like, I didn't have much problem with the difficulty, but it's just, like, the game part is just really flat and just, like, I don't know. Like, my biggest problem with it is that I've never played a game where there was just such a disconnect between the story scenes and then what you're doing gameplay-wise. Because the story scenes are good. Like, I think the writing might be a little bit better than Hyper Devotion Noir, which is the other spinoff I've played. Yeah, like, the, the actual story stuff I've seen for this game, like, it yeah. seems like fun and really in the same it's, nature of what you want from a NEP story. It's really stupid because it's 
like there's so many levels of meta here where it's the goddesses as schoolgirls filming a movie about zombies and then they're using actual zombies in the movie. <laughs> so then like the, a lot of the scenes are just them as the characters like instead of Neptune it'll say hero instead of blonde it'll say the heroine <laughs> and then, like they're casting other characters in the movie to be zombies or villains and stuff yeah. like Iris Hart plays one of the main villains and it's really goofy. But then like all those end and then it's just okay now beat up like 20 zombies to move on. Uh, and oh, it's really yeah. weird when like, like all the there's alternate like... versions of cutscenes where it's like if you use like vert and uni for this one you get a different cutscene but then that has nothing to do with the game mm. like it's so weird to have a scene where oh no zombie vert is attacking us and then the gameplay doesn't reflect that whatsoever that's real dumb yeah See, like every I single know because I never bought the English version because I hated the oh. Japanese version so much. As like, you know, what I'm not even double dipping, oh, and I, I always double dip for games that I import when they come out here. I did not double dip for that game because fuck yeah. that game. It's just ass. <laughs> That's too bad because I think the story was. I mean, the story's not great either, though, because like, way too much of it is just okay. Here's a chapter introducing this character, and then they barely appear after that chapter. It's like. Halfway through the story, they finish the first movie they're making, and you think the plot is going to go somewhere for the second half of the game, mm -hmm. and then they just start filming a second movie, uh, and then it's just, okay, here's a chapter where we introduce Uzume, now here's a chapter where we introduce Plutia, now here's a chapter where we introduce uh, Pishi, and then mm -hmm. they kind of go through a lot of the same jokes with characters that they have done in the Rebirth games, like, oh, Pishi transformed, haha. But time for boob jokes. Our boobs are real big. Oh, Uni's complaining that she gets smaller when she transforms. She hasn't said that like ten times. Oh my god! Before the best it's scene like is all of the characters are squawk boxes for their fucking tropes. Yeah, it definitely gets into that a bit too much. Like Uzme, she maybe uh, is translated the best. Like she has a pretty major role, and she's not just trope, trope, trope. Even though I don't think Orange Heart is in it at all, which is a little weird. That's weird. Yeah. I'm not sure. God, like, story-wise, I, I think the only CPU is actually uh, Iris Heart, like, because they got to use her because she's too good. Yeah. But then, yeah, like, I don't think any of the others actually transform. But in the gameplay, the you can actually play Orange Heart. Oh, yeah, you can transform with it as anybody, but just story-wise. Like, that's what I'm saying. The story and the gameplay have, like, literally nothing to do with each other. That's so weird. The best scene in the game is when Uni and Nepgear confess to each other. <laughs> and it's, so it's great because that scene, like, it's not just... And then Blonde walks in on them, and it's not just the one-off gag. Like, it keeps going for a while. <laughs> because Blonde does something absolutely horrible. <laughs> oh, no. She was filming them. Oh, no! No! And then, so the next scene after that, she she put it in the movie. <laughs> and so everyone else sees it and thinks they were just acting. Oh, no. And then Nep, Nep, Nep is like, oh, I want a scene like that with Noir. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then Noir is like, oh, this is, this is the, obviously fake. Ha, 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 ha. Gay, huh? gay. Who wants to be, be gay? That's totally, yeah. totally stupid. 
then Vert is also very into it. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's like, I wish that scene, like, that level of writing had been through the rest of the game because that was actually, like, clever and not just a reused thing. Yeah. And I wish the gameplay, like, had anything to do with the story, like... Fighting the other bosses that are in the multiplayer mode would have been nice, because there's only one boss in the entire thing at the very end. Oh my god. But then there's like seven or eight that you can fight online. How's the, uh, the and, online treated you? I mean, I played it a bit at launch when there were a couple people playing, but then also the servers were kind of busted. Yeah. So I had like one game where we, we had like five, four people all at once, and that was cool. Like, oh, other people playing as Neps, and I'm playing as Uzume. Cool, but, then, I guess. but then, like, the missions are only 20 seconds long or something. Yeah, and some of them just, they go by way too fast to end up spending, like, just as much time in the lobbies. This looks like but, something maybe they're going to clear up with uh, Cyber Dimension, though. Like, yeah, but I don't think that's going to have online. It's not going to have online, <laughs> but man, it's just like, I look at it and get weird PS, PSO vibes it from it. It looks so freaking good. Yeah, like, it's... It looks um, like they're going to, like, have a world map and, like, not just a single room with some enemies yeah. in it. So yeah. that's like, good. I don't ever call most of the Neptunia games good games because they're not <laughs> good games. Even Rebirth 1 to 3, they're not good games. They're fun games, but I don't think they're good games. The only one I would actually call a good game is Mega Dimension Victory 2. Yeah, yeah. But this one actually game. looks like a good game. Yeah, I want oh, yeah. them to not fuck this up so bad. I really hope they're not going to, because it seems like this is the next major one, really. Yeah, they're like, putting a lot of marketing and stuff behind this thing and making yeah. sure that it gets out there. So many Yeah, constants. and they're also using Unreal 4 Engine for it. Yeah, and it shows. <laughs> it looks like it those looks models so look good. real fucking good. And Unreal 4 Engine has fucking amazing blades of grass. Yes! <laughs> like... I know that's an odd thing to point Ashley out. Ashley loves shit. that grass. <laughs> when it looks that pretty, you're damn right I do. How are the jiggle physics? Because Meganep, I noticed they upgraded the jiggle a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that will be a very. I'm sure that program. there's an entire team at Idea Factory and Compile Heart and Tamsoft making sure the jiggle physics are proper. Yeah, so that's... Oh, another thing in Mega Tag mentioned, Blonde, is that once you beat the story, you can just, like, unlock cheats and just set everything to, like, dies in one hit or yeah, you can invincible. Yeah, uh, you can do that in Action Unleashed as okay, well. Okay, but what's fucked up about that is that your level is shared between the online and offline stuff. Oh, that's fucked. So I could just go keep killing the final boss in one hit and getting, like, a couple levels. And oh, just... that's real fucking dumb. Yeah, I'm just like, wow, I'm I'm not going to do that, but jeez, you could just spend like two hours maxing out a Which couple characters. Which is what most people probably did or do. It, I mean, I kind of want to fight those online-only bosses if I have to do it myself at level 99. Yeah. But then it's also like, eh, I don't know. I like playing as Plutia. She's cool because her attacks are very strange. Because <laughs> she's just hitting stuff with a teddy bear. I just want to play as Uzume. Uzume is so goddamn slow. She hits like a truck, but Jesus, like, her normal attacks are all charged. You wouldn't expect her to be slow is the weird thing. She's slower than Blonde. It's crazy. That's so weird. Because you can charge up everything. 
I haven't mm. played as Peachy much. She might be slow as well because she also at like level one she was hitting as hard as some other characters in, in the twenties. Like if I'm running around conceivably in the real world, if I'm running around with a megaphone and I want to hurt people's ears with it, all I gotta do is turn the damn thing on and yell. That doesn't take that doesn't take oh, a lot you, of time. But the, you gotta inhale and shout. That's oh, why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beat them up with the goddamn megaphone then. I, that's what I thought she was going to do. And she I mean, that would be fun. Her attacks were all like kind of a music symbol in front of the megaphone to indicate, you know, sound and damage. Uh, that's a little disappointing. Yeah. Her cool, the cool thing about Uzume is that a lot of her attacks are like very, like her EXE is straight up the same one from Meganep. Where, like, oh, she, shit. So she does a bunch of punches, then kind of the two lasers out of her back. Yeah, like, that's cool that, shit. It's cool seeing that translated into... A brawler. Like an action game, yeah. Yeah, at, overall that game was a pretty big disappointment. That's unfortunate. But, I mean, it was to be expected. Like, there was a reason yeah. I didn't buy this day one. It yeah. was just like, this doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. I never played Action U, so... And, and I don't know if I'm going to now, because this kind of left us... Uh, it's skippable, really. It seems like they're kind of the same thing still. Like Yeah. The beat. So, John, what you been up to? What have I been up to? I once see Perfect Cherry Blossom. That's a good game. That is a it's good a game. It's a real good game. It is a hard game to one CC. Yeah, it's tough. I told you all that I that was one of the ones that I beat like on my first or maybe second try. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing it in three continues. Yeah. So I was like, oh, easy baby game for babies. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I'd finished, I think. Um, I might be finished Embodiment of Scarlet Devil in one credit, uh, not in one credit, in the three credits before that, and Imperishable Night, and they both took a lot longer, mm-hmm. but Perfect Cherry Blossom, I just breezed through and then never played again. So yeah, easy baby game for babies. Gotcha. Um, and later on, I went to play Mountain of Faith and Subterranean Animism. Mm. Um, so going back to that game, it's real tough to 1cc in comparison to Imperishable Night, huh? Yeah, yeah. it's definitely a step up from in difficulty mm-hmm. from that one. Cause Yomu and Yomu especially, oh, I think, God. is such a wall. She's yeah. real tough. Yeah. Yomu's real tough. But Not she's so also really, all. really soft. <laughs> I beat... Um, God, it feels really good Like when you're out of bombs and you're just having to try your best to navigate some of those like time slowdown things, and then you do. Oh, it yeah. just feels so good. Wait, wait, why are you out of bomb? Why are you bombing for... God, what a loser. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I always bomb way too... I'm always way too conservative, so I die and yeah. then waste a bunch of bombs. So that was when I finally won, was when I was got into the mode where, like, okay, it's okay to use bombs. It's okay to use bombs. Yeah. yeah. My favorite um, feeling in those games is when you're out of bombs and just, like, okay, I just have to dodge now. And then you start pulling it off. You're like, oh, I can dodge that attack. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I what I meant with some of Yomu's moves there. Yeah. It feels so good. Um, some of them are just like, what? Um, they're very mind-melding in the same way that Stage 5 Imperishable Night is. Yeah, like, like racing shit. Like, we'll just play... Yeah, Yomu and Raisin kind of have, like, a very similar, like... They're just fucking with you, but once you get the gimmick it's easy to kind of like fall into understanding how the patterns work and reacting quickly to them. 
Yeah, I, I really figured out raisins, I think, over time, like, and it felt really good to learn yeah. that. Um, you know, it was tough. There's a few of them where, where there's just so many bullets, and then they slow down. It's like, well, uh, bomb, hit bomb. You like, I don't know how to get hit in a shmup when the bullets slow down, because that means they're going to be on the screen longer. That makes me sad. Yep. It feels... Br- and then in the last level where she uses her time slow down effect, but it doesn't actually slow down in the bullets at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems like a poly trick. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Oh, I like on Monster Heart Attack, so it also slows you down so that you can make those insanely yeah. tight dodges. Like, it feels real cool. Yeah, it like just Like, the entire perception you. of time gets gets uh, yeah. slowed down. And it feels real good. Yeah, it does. Um, final boss is great. I died with seven seconds on the clock. <laughs> nice. On the last attack. I told you all that last podcast. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. It's a big and old heartbreak it, moment. Yep. And then, like, a week later, I loaded it up and then lost all my lives on the fourth boss. And then I loaded it up again the next day and once he seed it with, like, three lives to spare at the end. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Some days you just got it and some days you don't. Yeah. I just kind of had to get into that mode where I could just look at the screen and not really blink much and <laughs> just keep staring and just get that mode of concentration. Mm-hmm. Feels real good. Gotta get in that zone. Yeah, I mean, man, I can really see people liking, I can really see liking that one more than Imperishable Night. Yeah, I, I get can, it. I, I can get it. I think it's just Imper- uh, Imperishable Night. I think the um, reason I just kind of prefer it more is I like its aesthetic and stuff way more. I think it's just a much prettier yeah. game. And... Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Just I think the... in general, though, those two are the most similar Yeah, in that series. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, they feel very, very similar to play, like, engine-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think just the flow of the last three levels in Perfect Cherry Blossom is so perfect. Yeah. And even the flow of the first three, build, the way it builds up to um, Doll Girl's um, it's a big attack. Yeah. Big, big like, yeah. Stage three is like its own little climax. It's yeah, I really great. like stage three. It's how yeah. she keeps jumping in and out, fighting you. Yeah, it's yeah, that's a really cool. That's one of way my of favorite things. Her. Like when a boss will do that in a Toho game. I think Yugi does that in um, Subterranean Animism too. Like she just keeps fighting you throughout the stage or fucking with like. Or oh just, yeah, as yeah. a kitty cat, right? Yeah, and the kitty cat. In stage four, she eats the mid boss, and in stage six. And then it's the boss in stage five. Yeah. It's great. It's so great. I just remember Yugi being the one sticking yeah. out to me the most because she mm-hmm. gave me the most problems for a long time because her knockout and three steps card was just, it's... fuck you. <laughs> I remember that one being, like, broken in the demo. Like, it wouldn't give you any space in certain positions. Oh, uh, Yeah. Like, I have a super old video of it on YouTube where it's just like, yeah, if you're not in the right spot, it just kills you. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, the second stage, half of stage three there, like, she just stays on the screen the entire time and she's invincible and shooting lasers at you. Yeah, it's very mean of her. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. Toho's Toho's are really good. Perfect Cherry Blossom is kind of perfect, I think. Um, Now now do the extra stage. And hate Do the yeah. extra stage and learn to hate the game. 
<laughs> yeah, he, learning the. I'll probably do extra stage with Imperishable Night first since I've had an easier I ne- time. I with never that. do. Yeah. I never do extra stages because I want to keep liking the Toho <laughs> games that I like. <laughs> I think the, I think Imperishable Night is the only one I've actually beaten. I didn't know that. Are they? What what turns they, me off them? I've never done them before. They are just insanely difficult. Okay. And, like, the final bosses always have, like, 20 fucking spell cards. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do. And the last one is always, like, a 99-plus second timeout. <laughs> yeah, the second-to-last one is always a timeout, and then the, the last one is always the ultimate attack. God. Yeah, like, I but... admire those extra stages, but, like, I can't make myself play them, or they will make me very angry and hate the games. <laughs> Yeah, they well, they might be for the folks who and I think that the they are, and I think they all just default to lunatic as well. Well, they mm-hmm. just have their own difficulty. I think lunatic is way harder than extra stages. Mm. Mm. Maybe if I do hard, if I can do hard mode on some of these games, I'll try the head. I'll yeah. spend some time concertedly trying those, like a lot of those tracks. Um, yeah, Toho is great. Yes. I really like Perfect Cherry Blossom. Next one I'll probably try to dig in too deep is uh, Mountain of Faith when I feel up to it. Good. Just good. try to once you see that. That's a, like that's uh, a game that I think most people consider the weakest. Mm-hmm. Like al- along with the OSD, I think people consider Mountain of Faith the weakest, but I just really like that game. I think it's very mm-hmm. pretty. Uh, I love its styling. I think that again, like it is the first Toho game I would give somebody. Mm-hmm. I listened to the final boss tune to that one again and instantly just got filled with lots of good feelings. Don't play you know, that. Don't play that game on easy either because the last boss is fucking impossible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> easy mode. <laughs> the, um, the the last boss in Mountain of Faith is a snake girl, kind of. Kind of, yeah. And then the I extra stage. That. And, and then the extra stage boss is frog themed. Yep. I didn't know that about Mountain of Faith. Okay, that's good to know. Um, if yeah, you do an think, extra, yeah. If you if you do an extra stage, the Mountain of Faith one is probably the easiest. Yeah. Than, than Imperishable Night. Cool. Yeah, it seems like those two trilogies, and I, I've never played UFO, so I'm really excited about that because I listened to some oh, of the tracks on that one is, too. UFO is too much for me. I can't. Yeah. I can't keep track of it. That's at all. why I I love that one because it's fucking crazy. Yeah, you said it's more chaotic and less memorized yeah. focus, memorization the, focus. Your main power-ups bounce around the screen, and it's like <laughs> very, very difficult to have any consistency with where they go. Yeah. It's yeah. like they pop out of enemies, so if the enemy isn't in the exact same spot, they'll be somewhere else. And there's like matching the colors. And yeah, shit. so then they change color as they bounce around, and you want to collect three of the same color. It gets real. <laughs> it is... Like, I admire it for being chaotic, but it's too much for my eyes to handle. Yeah. Like, my eyes just can't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have visibility issues with the newer games where it's like, oh, what if we make fireballs that all blend together? And, like, no. Stop that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, yeah, it seems like those two trilogies are kind of the essential ones, and yeah. I want to dig, dig into all of them eventually. Because I've played all of them, but... UFO and I love them all so life is good Toho's good video games are good Polly yo what is up yo what am I up to well John besides harassing me what oh now come on now you're the one that told me if I didn't come on your shitty podcast you were going to fucking kill my fish so 
Whoa! Really? Whoa! Yeah. This Whoa! Person, this person that we're talking to right now, total liar. Total fish. Whoa! Killer. Well, your fish are going to die anyway if you eat all their food. That's good. John's got a good point, <sighs> Ashley. If you eat all their food, I'm hovering over at the hangout. And button you're not, right and, you're, and you're not going to be, and you're not going to be able to walk over to the fish tank to eat that fish food if I break your fucking kneecaps, are, are you? <laughs> wow. That was Holy, what you've been up to. <laughs> so I played a wonderful little <laughs> RPG. I did too, but you go first. <laughs> uh, that John uh, introduced us to, called Helen's Mysterious Castle. Yay, uh, I'm so glad you liked it. This is a very cool little $2 RPG that you can grab on Steam. You should go ahead and just go do it. Like, yeah, Rhett, Rhett is the biggest piece. <laughs> Rhett is the biggest piece of human fucking garbage. He would That's not you. buy this game. He would not buy this fucking $2 game I, until I, it went on sale. <laughs> I would probably do the same thing, to be honest. It was on sale again for the Thanksgiving sale. 30% off, 60 cents. Go do it. Fuck it. You are you are human garbage. <laughs> I was going to buy it eventually, but then it went on sale, so I bought it. But um, I'll, I'll gift it to somebody. I'll there you up. go. There you go. But it's a very cute little RPG with it's a, a very like like it throws you into this world and literally just tells you nothing. Like I love uh, that about it. Like you you you, you get thrown to the northern ruins. Yeah, the, like that the only thing sense. they tell you is you got an NPC by your house that like just like hey don't go to the north ruins. Okay, you're gonna go anyway. Bye. Yeah, there's literally nothing else to do besides. Yeah, there's that. literally nothing else to do except go to the North Ruins and. Um... <laughs> but then, like, and there's like this game spends so much time not telling story at all. Yeah, it's weird. And then it when it starts telling story, it gets real fucking good. Because you're this person who seemingly can't speak, and mm -hmm. you can't read. All you know how to do is just, like, fight. So you go to the North Ruins, because that's all you really know to do. And, like, the deeper you get into this thing, the more people keep talking to you about, like, who you might be, or, like, who the person that is hanging out at your house, like who that person might be to you mm -hmm. or to others. And then it's just like, it has a very unique way of developing its story by saying nothing for the longest time. And normally like when a narrative does that, I think that it's doing it because it's just not good. Whereas I think that this game's narrative just has an impeccable sense of timing. Like, I think they found the pacing that works yeah. really well with the story that they wanted to tell. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, the combat mechanics, John's already gone over them, but they're, they're yeah. just rock solid. Like, there are a couple of points where I think, a couple of fights, I think, are just kind of dumb and bullshitty. Yeah, there's one I had just had to level up a certain sword. Yeah, to just kind of power through it. And there's, I'm like, um, I just don't see a way through this. There's but... a couple of uh, there's there are a couple of enemies that literally won't 
op- give you an opening until you do something that lets them attack you first. So they'll play mm-hmm. the numbers game. Yeah. So like, uh, so there are definitely some bullshit moments, but like, m- most of the fights are just like really fun and rewarding. You know, like uh, I don't know if like Ashley's seen like like I did a video. Uh, about the game i did a polly's peep show on it kind of explaining the battle system where like you know like everything is fixed like all the damage is fixed it's like all the fights are one-on-one and every item in your inventory has a wait time associated with it and when you select it like the turn starts and the timer starts ticking down and then like whenever you hit zero on the wait timer that action is executed and it works the same for enemy attacks as well which are at the top of the screen it'd be like i'm going to use great swing and in 24 ticks of the timer that's going to go off so you've got 24 ticks until you need to do something that is a defensive action or Um, kill them or kill them yeah yeah so you you can do things like stab your dagger twice then put your shield up in that time yeah yeah so it's just like like, I think this game is just, re- like, it's such a surprise. It's and, really good. Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> and it, like, it came out on Playism, I think, two years ago, and it finally got on Steam. Um, and it's just real, it's so satisfying. Just, like, the combat, the story. Like, you know, I don't, I don't like throwing the name around a lot but it does have like undertale vibes but not mm. but not that way like it's mm-hmm. not a funny haha game like you yeah. know it, it doesn't have cute visual gags or anything it's just it tells a very sweet and earnest story that's got some darkness to it that is just like i couldn't believe like by the time i got to the end like i couldn't believe that like this this like two dollar RPG maker game, <laughs> with this very unique combat system and just like all of these default assets, you know, or just like it's just such a, a an interesting yeah. thing. What are, what are your thoughts on uh, Helen's Mysterious Castle, Red? Yeah, I thought it was really great. Like it really yeah. surprised me because like I picked it up and I played for about an hour and I hadn't gotten to where the story actually starts. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I was, like, literally at the Griffin fight. Oh, when yeah. I, when I picked it back up, so I beat that thing, and I'm just like, oh, okay, finally, okay. I knew there was going to be story, but I didn't know where. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> and after that point, it's just like, okay, now we're, like, actively having a lot of story between Like, when you events. get to the town and things yeah. start happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like the characters, like, those, the Four Lords mini-bosses. Oh, like, they're so yes! good! They're so good! And it seems like Whichever order you take them out in will affect the dialogue. Yep. Like the scenes afterwards. So I'm it like, does. I wonder how many variations of that there would be. God. Someone good with math could figure that out. But that was really mm-hmm. cool. So like there was one I specifically went for last because I'm like, you're cool. I'm not going to kill you yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you were, I was really sad killing them. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, these likable characters. Yeah, they're actually so the- really likable little guys that you got to go do battle with. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's all. Yeah, it was definitely interesting when I'm like, wait, she's not saying anything, and every sign just says you can't read this. Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe it says something, and I just can't read. Like, kind of realizing that moment was funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, I, I, not to get too into spoilers, but 
I really, really, really like what they do with the last couple fights in that game. Ooh. Like that was crazy. Ooh. I'm glad the I'm glad the climax resonated with y'all since it has it sort of a double climax going on. Yeah, I definitely I like... kept thinking the game was over like twice, and then it yeah. wasn't. <laughs> yeah, especially the second time. I'm like, okay, this that was the end. Yeah, and then it wasn't. <laughs> and Man. yeah, I really liked how that combat system. They kept twisting it enough to maintain that length of the game. Yeah, it feels like they twisted it as best they could and as far yeah. as they could, and the game did not stay out, outstay its yeah. welcome. Like, it is like a five, six-hour game tops. Yeah, it's and it's Undertale done. length. Yeah, you're done. You get you get in, you get out, you have a real yeah. good time, you got a great story, you got some real great set pieces, a great combat yeah. system. Like, there's, there's just... Like, like, it's hard to find anything to not really like about this game. Yeah. I really like how they handle the cure spell. Yes. Yes. So using it outside of battle de-levels it, which is kind of evil. But, <laughs> but then that makes but you... But it's a smart way to yeah. keep you going, so you don't always have to keep going back. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. See, I was definitely grateful when I got it, but then yeah. it encourages trying to figure out ways to use it in a battle. Yeah. Yeah. And that's risky. hard to do. Oh, yeah. But then there's other, like, they give you a, a lot of cool abilities that I didn't necessarily go into all of them, but, like, the haste spell? Yes! If you if you could break the game, if you can pull that off a couple times. Yep. Because uh -huh. then you could just get everything down to, like, one weight. Yeah. And then there's, like, items that seem worthless, like the metronome, but you can actually use to your advantage to play around with the turn, with the turn yeah. counter. And it's just like, oh, yep. man. So yeah, I never... It's I didn't use that a ton, but I... Yeah, it's a real deep system, and, and like the thing is, you can only have eight things on your person at a time, mm -hmm. and like when you realize that, it's like, oh no, because I didn't know that there was an item limit when I started, so I would just grab everything, and then it was just like, like, oh hey, you got to drop one. Like, no, I don't wanna, but you can go back and get it. like anything yeah, you, you drop yeah. appears back at like uh, a like a basement dude, and he's just like, hey. Here's that thing you yeah. dropped if you want it back. Yeah. It's real cut. There's a lot of like kindnesses like that. Like yeah. how every time you die, you get an H a max HP boost for yeah. a certain number of times. Yeah, yeah, I ran out of those pretty quickly, actually. <laughs> Me too. But There's... it felt it felt nice. Yeah. It definitely helped early on. There's one spell that like raises your effect, your damage mm -hmm. every time you cast it. So there was one fight where I just couldn't out damage this boss because he kept healing and then i'm like wait i have that thing what if instead of attacking i just do that like kind of for five cycles mm. and then just fucking smash him yeah <laughs> man yeah, the the combat is real good yeah it's and it's... it was really funny like losing to common enemies because i'd get cocky and just like kind of mash through the sword and be like oh wait i oops i'm dead whoops <laughs> Yeah. I also, I really like how the swords kind of develop as the game goes on, where, like, you really kind of have to tank through that damage. Like, the fact that they have their own defense yeah. is good. Yeah, it's really smart. It makes them stand out from, you know, the bows and the magics that don't have any defense. Mm -hmm. I think I might have used the broadsword for most of it. Maybe the whole game. Yeah, level that thing up and get an SP on it. You're good. I really I wanted... like the look and feel of it, too, with all the extra animation on the default assets. 
Yeah, they 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 went out of their way to use the actual RPG Maker default assets, but added so much extra little detail, like her hair blowing in the wind and stuff. Uh, there's definitely a lot on uh, like the bosses and stuff too. What about the pose? Is that original? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think when the pose is poses is that, the... That's yeah. a real dumb moment. Yeah, the pose is original. That, yeah, that, that game, like Sox Cast, fucking approved. That's what I, I was gonna that... say. Like originally, I want Sox Cast approved games to be things all three of us had played. So yeah. this is mm-hmm. definitely the next Dark Souls and Undertale. Basically, number yes. three on that list. There you go. <laughs> I think um I think the song that plays when you first are outside, mm-hmm. um, is is what plays in the trailer. Um, and I just and I hadn't heard about the game from anybody. I just watched the trailer, saw that it was two bucks, and was like, "All right, let's try this out." And then, like a month later, I loaded it up and played it and had a great time. Yeah, it's just like really smart level design too. Like the dungeon is the, oh, like, so really clever. fun to 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 get through. There's one hidden door that's just so so funny. I posted on Twitter, I think, oh, with I the think sunset. I, yeah. Oh, I might have so missed that. Funny. Yeah. So clever. Yeah, th- there's a lot. That Man, that game. Go play it. It's real fucking good. Yeah. It, it might be a little hard at first. You might get your butt kicked because you're not quite mm-hmm. grasping it, but stick with it. Get a shield on you. Learn to count your timer down a little bit, and you'll be mm-hmm. you'll you'll be good. That game is just... It's, it's the greatest math-based game ever. There you go. Like, it's that game so is a lot math. of math. <laughs> Did you guys take... Like <laughs> yeah. Did you guys take the power bracelet or the dagger? Uh, power bracelet. Yeah, I did too. I think power... I might have taken the dagger, actually. I think you told me you took the dagger and never used it. Yeah. Because at one point I'm like, boy, some piercing damage would be real nice right now. And like you talked about there being niceties. I think that's the one thing you can't go back and switch your choice on. You can't yeah. switch your choice, but you can get it later. Uh, you can get the item that oh, you really? can get later. Yeah, like you've got to do, like, the secret bonus stuff, though. Secret huh. bonus stuff? There's secret bonus stuff. I'm going to have to look at a fact. Cool. Good-ass video game. secret bonus stuff. I think that's what I read. <laughs> I could be wrong on that, but I do I think know I read that, that, too. I don't think I, I saw remember it. seeing something about there being a bonus dungeon. You have to kill everybody, Till says, until nobody came. Oh, my God. <laughs> the music gets all slow. The Helen kind of gets red eyes. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 Helen's mysterious castle. You got anything else on it, Rhett? Nah, I really really liked it though. Ashley, what the fuck, my darling <laughs> Ashley? You came and you ate my fish food, but I still love you. Well, I, for one, hate you. I love you. I hate you. No, you don't. (laughs) Nobody listening to this believes that at all. Yeah, well. So, uh... What you been up to? Me? Yeah, you. You're next, <laughs> dummy. Didn't we already say what I've been up to? I've been playing Final Fantasy fucking 15. Didn't you have a couple other things you told me you wanted to talk about? 
uh, Fast Guardian comes out next week. Yeah, it does. For a couple days, I don't know. It's finally, <laughs> like, after... Boy, someone has already really checked out. <laughs> I just... I can't believe Final Fantasy XV and Last Guardian are coming out right next to each like, other. Like, right though. next to each other? It's so crazy! Because I made that Vaporware thread, like, five years ago. Like, ah, oh, these two games are never coming out. Half-Life 3, that'll come out, though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, like, do you have any experience with The Last Guardian, or...? I'm going in completely blind. Oh. I, I haven't really looked at anything... Mm-hmm. I looked at the original real trailer when they showed it off like six years ago. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I haven't looked at a shit. Hey, are you in... familiar Sorry? with any of Team Eco's games? Yes, I have played Shadow of the Colossus and I loved it. That game's I have, fantastic. I have not played Eco. I Eco's will at some good. point. Eco's... I will at some point. But Eco's a bowl of poop. <laughs> I like that we turned means... John up. Well, I kind of have a complex relationship with Eco, I think. <laughs> we turned you on it. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, if you don't like Eco, then I probably will. Oh my hey. god. Listen to this girl. Listen to her. That's John, just Listen. super, like, contrarian, hates everything popular, right? Yeah. Basically. <laughs> so you I just to... like whatever's good to me. I don't think about that kind of stuff. She like she likes the fucking PS3 Neptunia first game, dog. Hold up. She Hold thinks up. that's actually good. No, I do not think it's good. She I said that rebirth games are bad, so I had fun with it. That does not make it good. I had Whenever fun. I have fun with something and I like it, then it's good. And everyone else should like it. If they don't, they're well, wrong. Well, I like I look at Things. That's my that's my philosophy. I think when it's I'm very talking smart. about games with like other people, and if someone asks me if I would recommend it, I look at it more objectively. Like I had fun with it, but I know this game has absolutely poor design. Mm-hmm. But I still have fun with it because I was able to look past it. But I, that's why I don't consider them good games. So what you're saying is you think you're better than everybody else <laughs> that doesn't look past that game's flaws. You hold yourself on a higher pedestal than the rest of us who have who actually have good taste in games. Hold up. I hold myself on a way higher pedestal, but not for those reasons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but consider this. In the PS3 Neptunia game, they kind of tilt their heads to the side and it's real cute. That is... Why didn't they bring that to the Rebirth games? I don't know. Also, why didn't they keep Red farting on Blonde? Because Red wasn't in Rebirth One. That's a good point. I think Rebirth One is good. I like. I do as well. Oh, do you? What was it? Your game of the year last year? (laughs) That was my game of the year last year. Yeah, and you're going to be streaming it in January. (laughs) And I will be streaming. You like that game a bit? You've played it through at least twice. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be doing all of the NEP uh, Rebirth games at some point. So they're all going to be three, they're all going to be stream projects. It's pretty funny talking to people on hoity toity, arty farty games Twitter, games crit Twitter, oh and then God. them just citing Nep Nep as like <laughs> dumb fan service game du jour without knowing anything about it. And I'm like, well, you know, 
I like this one. Magical this... girls. Magical girls that are video game consoles? John, do we have to kick you out of our hoity-toity hipster club? <laughs> Said Austin C. Howell. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Austin Chow. <laughs> <laughs> I talked with Austin about Final Fantasy a lot this week. It was nice. I can imagine that being a grating conversation. I didn't say great. Uh, I said grating. <laughs> Super. It's nice. Final Fantasy XV. Terribly real... sorry about that. My headset died and I had to plug it in. It's okay. Like, Rhett was talking mad shit about you, though. <laughs> Jeez. Mm. She lies. Oh, that's what happens when you're an ex-OTP. <laughs> wow, I've been burned. <laughs> Burn Ward! Burn Ward to Soxcast Studio! <laughs> God damn! God damn. So, we, we all either don't like, haven't played, or have a complex relationship with Eco. Yeah. We all think the Shadow of the Colossus is fucking amazing. And yeah. I have no opinion on The Last Guardian. No, other, yeah. other than that, I probably won't play it because I just kind of think, like, guys, you're it just everything I've seen is just like, oh look, it's this again. You're gonna get me emotionally attached to a thing, and then you're gonna kill it. Okay. I I saw the greatest <laughs> prediction where the the ending of the Last Guardian is the bird thing killing you. <laughs> I would totally be on board with that. That would be great. Yeah, it's um, just like. That, yeah, there's. I can't build up hype for it. It's weird, but there's I mean, just they've there. Ashley said she's going in blind, but like they've shown so little of that yeah. game, even though it's been like not quite ten years of Final Fantasy fifteen, but like I think it was two thousand nine, like seven years. Like there was like the initial trailer and like one demo of E three or something. To be fair, I think the I think the part of me that what is going to be really hype for Last Guardian kind of died with it. My untethered. Adoration of Eco. Yeah. Continue, to, be yeah fair, to be fair, I probably wouldn't be playing it, but I'm getting it for free. Uh, because it's a review copy. Oh, so hey, that leads me to, like, so I know that you're short on time with us tonight, so I want to go ahead and bop your uh, last topic out, if you don't mind. You, Ashley, uh, recently became... Uh, the, I, it says in your contract I have to read this part. Hold on, let me let me get it here. Okay, you are the owner, proprietor, creator. Uh, um, yeah, you're the owner, proprietor, and creator of Operation Rainfall. I believe it's called. I am not. That is what. That's what your contract told me to say. Well, anyway. So, but yes, you recently became, uh, I would say what, in uh, May, June, somewhere? Uh, uh, you became employed by Operation Rainfall to start writing for them? It was July, but yes. So, how goes life in the fast lane when I've spent 10 years and didn't get shit for it? I'm not uh, bitter. <laughs> Just kidding. It's pretty good, honestly. You know, we have a very relaxed environment like there's no <laughs> most of the time there's not deadlines and if there is it's usually set by the publisher but mm -hmm. for the most part we don't have deadlines it's kind of just 
you know, do it in a reasonable amount of time, mm-hmm. like a month. And it's just, it's really nice, you know, it's a lot of nice people, similar interests. So you guys, you guys talk, I know you guys talk to Idea Factory International. I know you do. Because I see, I, I see the, I see the interviews. Why aren't yeah, you, talking. why aren't you getting me any nep swag? I mean, Because uh... <laughs> I'm not getting any swag myself. That's I'm actually the first time I'm actually ever getting a physical item is the last guardian. The last Ga- that's, that's a pretty big fucking thing to get. <laughs> and you know why I'm getting it? Why? Because it's not coming from Sony. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, we have a partnership with Play Asia and Oh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. They send us review copies mm. for games that we can't get. Mm. So, I'm getting last guardian. I didn't expect to get it because I didn't even ask for it. But this one day, I randomly got a DM from the owner. He's like, you want to review The Last Guardian? I'm like, okay. And that's the story of how I got The Last Guardian. <laughs> that's the story of how babies are born. Uh, what What are some of the other uh, reviews and stuff you've written for the site? I know that there are a couple games that like you've written reviews for that have gotten like some devs to get into contact with you and be like, hey, you, you're, you smell good. Um, well... Claire extended cut when that came out uh, I was talking about it on Twitter and how I was reviewing it and the composer for the game actually uh, started talking to me about it mm-hmm. and over time we you know we're actually pretty close now we're, we're pretty good friends and the actual programmer of the game followed me too but we don't really talk that much mm-hmm. but he's still a pretty cool guy so do you feel that like created any kind of conflict of interest or anything, or do you feel like nah, it's pretty easy? No, to... because I I pointed out the same things that I didn't like from the original right. Claire release, right? Which was before I knew them, and I wrote this one after. Mm-hmm. They did they did fix a lot of the things that I hated about Claire, mm. but there's still a couple things that just were not good like the puzzles are awful oh yeah i've seen some very not generous things said about the puzzles they're not good so and i i made sure to say that and you know there wasn't a conflict of interest at all like i i stayed true to my opinion i didn't suck up to anybody can you imagine like the dumbest one in our group getting a professional writing gig (laughs) like for real like for fucking real (laughs) I am not the dumbest one in our group. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know there would be a sick you. burn to insert here if I wanted to throw somebody under the bus. Do it. Do it. Throw no, I'm under. not even. I'm not thinking of anybody in particular. Oh. But just like you could be like, oh, I can't believe. Uh... Oh, you see, because like if you you were gonna say it and it would have been too personal, I would have just bleeped it. <laughs> <laughs> a, a name popped into the head, and I was just like, no, he's not dumb. <laughs> So And to be fair, the only reason I got this was because last year when I was getting to know the owner and we were starting to get pretty close, he was just telling me about how he was playing some games that weren't out yet for review. And I was like, I don't want review copies of games. And he's like, well, you want to write for the site? You can. And I was like, yeah, I do. Well, I want review copies of games. 
Oh, you gotta know him first. Well, I've I got ten years of work I can point to. Reviewing NES games. I'm reviewing NES games where I say poop and fuck a lot. <laughs> oh god, the old days of the site were so vulgar. That's oh why. my god, they were, weren't they? Man, why'd you tone it down? Huh? Why'd you tone it down? <laughs> I don't know. You just kind of grow out of it a bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, some, some, a lot of people, like, like, and this is so dumb, people gave me this shit via email, like, and I still get emails like this about why I toned the tone of the site down or why I don't approach things the way that I used to. It's like, oh, you're going to SJW now. And it's like, it's not really that. It's just, I don't know. Like, that's not how I write now. Like, I have, I have a more critical like i like to think that i look at things more critically than reactionary like the like when i started writing for the site when i started socks make people sexy it was very reactionary i just went with gut reaction on everything and just spewed the first thing that came out of my head regardless of vulgarity or or who it would offend or who it might piss off um and I don't what? really look at you. I don't like. I don't really see you guys as SJWs. Well, I would. I, consi- I, don't, I, just... I would consider myself an SJW because there are things that I do. You know, like there are things that we likely disagree on, but you're. Yeah. As, but we are sensible people who know how to be adults and not get pissy baby over it. See, that's like when I think of that. I think of more of the crazy Tumblr people. Because there's a difference between being an asshole Mm -hmm. and being civil. Yeah. But some people see that as automatically being the extreme left. But it's really not. Yeah. Yeah, But I don't don't want to get too into this. Yeah. Yeah, A fine example... Uh, of something that a lot of people would see as me being an SJW, but I thought it was me just being decent, is I used the word faggot a lot when um, I was writing for... When I was writing for the site back in the day, like, I used it, like, pretty liberally, and a gay friend of mine, like, even though, like, despite the fact that I identify as gay as well, um, they were just like, you know, like, it is something that bothers me because it's a term that I get thrown at me every day in high school. And it's just like, I come home and I read this writer that I really like, and she's throwing that same kind of thing around too. So I did consciously stop using the word faggot because of that encounter. And a lot of people think that makes me an SJW. I think that just makes me like that makes a you a decent, decent friend. Yeah, like I like, <laughs> and, and it doesn't hurt me to give up that word. Fair enough. I mean, you know, whatever works for you. Yeah. See, when I think of SJW, I think of like psychopath, like Brianna Wu. Mm-hmm. Like I, whenever I see that woman. There are things that woman uh, my, has said that I that make me very very unhappy with her. But a lot of people, my blood boils. A lot of people, rise. a lot of people hold her in high regard, and she said a lot of things about like the mentally disabled and and and. Tra- oh, I know she she and, compared Gamergate people to autists, which you know what I'm not for that movement either. But don't compare them to autism, aut, aut, 
people with autism. Like mm. she, she's fucking nuts. But I don't want to go too into that yeah, topic. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll step, we'll sidestep that minefield. Like we've, we've talked about some of that shit on the show before, and it's not really worth going. Like anybody that listens to us knows our beliefs by now. You know, and if I'm pretty sure everybody that's listening knows mine as well. Yeah, so. like you know, like we're all good. We're, we're all awesome people. How about that? We're all civil people, like you said. Yeah. Um. So, is there anything else cool about um Operation Rainfall that you'd want to talk about? Um. Well, here's an opportunity to throw some dirt at me. I also run their Twitter. Oh God. Yep. <laughs> I but, was given full reign of their Twitter. But okay, here's like... what you do. Okay. You, you go to the official Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter and learn from him. <laughs> yeah, you should boost your, you should boost your, you need to boost your visibility by getting real interactive with the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter. <laughs> it worked for Game Grumps. They got his attention. Or just download all the memes. Well, I okay. know I know who the person behind the I do the too. Twitter is, and he probably doesn't remember me from PSU, but I remember him through the eclipse, I, isn't it? Yes, that's what I thought. Yes, it's Ruby. Yeah, he was a good guy. He sent me a rappy. Aw. Like I, I have an inflatable rag rappy from Fantasy Star Zero. I have that too, but I want it from PSO World. Oh, like he just gave it to me. <laughs> Well, I was awesome, and I won a contest, blah, blah, so... Blah, 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 actually, and I fart all over my face, and I fart in my sheets and rub my sheets all over my butt, and then all over my face. <laughs> we need we need to ask that guy when PSO2 is coming out in English. Yeah! Well, any yeah. day now. That's what, you, that's what you need to do, Ashley. From, yeah. from, from the... the opera, like, Operation Rainfall, like, that's what you guys are all about. That's how this oh, started. God. That's what we were about. We don't really do that anymore. We don't well, do that, that that's anymore. That's what I'm saying. We're but going is, back to your roots. Yeah, this is the hill to die on. <laughs> you know, I was I actually thought about a, a Save Our Sega or SOS campaign a couple of years ago, and then I was just like, yeah, I don't have, I don't have the the enthusiasm and the energy to run something like that. But it was something that ca- crossed my mind. But honestly, I think they're getting. A little bit better, at least the past year. Yeah, I think they've gotten a little bit better because they they localized uh, Seventh Dragon. And that game, like I know Poncho Smith is enjoying the fuck out of it. I played the demo for it yesterday and loved it. Oh, yeah, they're <laughs> fucking they're awesome. Just doing a lot. They're doing a lot more than they have. Yeah. in the past couple but... years, they're they're trying, and I know they went through some hard times, so. To be honest with you, if I had to guess, they probably don't even have the staff yeah, they, to be able to run PSO2. The staff, the money. Like, running a thing as big as PSO2 costs a lot of money. And they probably just don't have that cash. That's where you get Sony involved. And, who, Sony bucks. and who at this point... Well, you know what? They did that with Yakuza 5. So, yeah. Or was it, yeah, it was Yakuza 5, yeah. so... Maybe they will. Maybe that's why the PS4 version of PSO2 even exists. Yeah, that would be know. my guess. I thought that like a year ago. Yeah. And still nothing. Like episode four is almost done now. My, here's here's, yeah, like P, P, who wants to play PSO2 at this point anyway? 
I would like to play it just for the. St- I want to play through the story mode, but I just, you know, I just I can't keep going through all the hoops. And oh yeah, just... accessing the story for one through three is fucking painful mm-hmm. with the Matterboard shit. Yeah, they should really update that to have that new linear yeah. system that the episode four has. Yeah, that's what they should do instead of making episode five right away. <laughs> They should just fucking do Go that. Go back, read, yeah. like, just fix everything that's wrong right now. Like, yeah, easy. upgrade the awful content. Like, the <laughs> content that is not good, make it actually good. Well, that's the problem, because that's episode four, is the bad content. Ouch, that's a problem. I thought the stages and the music looked really cool. I don't know what's beyond that. Well, the music's but... fucking awesome across the board in that game, though. I actually don't really care for most of PSO2's music. I think it's very bland and generic, but some of it's really good. But yeah. a lot of it for me just was really... It's like, like the battle Frank... versions of the songs just all sound the same to me. Yeah. And I just... I don't know. It... But episode four's music is where it's at for me. I love it. It's well, so... A lot of the music, yeah. It's just so... It's so Japanese pop. I love it. Oh yeah, especially the, vocal the themes moon base. And the stages are real dumb. Especially the moon base is fucking awesome. Too bad that's not like actually a stage either. Yeah, I which looked is it so up. It's just, it's just a shitty little. It's yeah, it's more, like one It's room more room. of a linear line than linear line from. The <laughs> oh god! I can still hear that stupid <laughs> stages theme in my head. Contamination dark. Oh god, I fucking hate linear line. <laughs> and then they re- they they reskin linear line in yep. Ambition of the Illuminous. Yeah, they did. They reskinned so much in that game. Like that entire sure game did. was reskins and it had to be just but you know what? it was PS2. I still loved that game. Thank like you. out of your mind. <laughs> I googled Dark Fells the other day to get an image of the PSO version, and then I'm like, oh yeah, remember that time in PSU? Oh god. They reskinned the role as Dark Fells. Like, your fucking centerpiece final boss was a reskin. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Remember when the PSU only thing came different out about... and, no- and nobody knew how to fight on Magaug? He stayed in the air for like 10 minutes. Yeah, those were fun days. And then when Fantasy Star Portable 2 came out, they reverted him back to fucking staying in the air for 10 minutes. Yep! They did? Yep. In PSP 2, yes, they did. Oh my god. He he acts just like Demogolus did in PSU. He's always in the fucking air. He stays in the ground for like two seconds, and that's it. When you clip his wings, he's down for two seconds. He's back up (laughs) being an asshole. I remember wanting to farm that guy for some force thing and just wanting oh, to die, basically. Yeah, yeah I remember. I don't even remember what it was. Probably like 5% faster cast speed or something. Yeah, it was like, but, a, it was a unit. Yeah, private server for the PSU is actually coming along really well, though, so I'm looking forward uh-huh. to whenever that comes out. Cause Nobody I, I, wants a PSU I really miss anymore. it. Nobody. Oh, trust me, yes, no, they do. No, but no, they don't. They think they do. They think they do. They I haven't do. played that game in a while. They don't know, but they go back to that game and they go, oh, oh, oh. No. 
No, I went back to it recently, and I was like, yeah, I really want to play this online again. No, you don't. You really don't. I do. I know what's I best for you, okay? No, you don't. I do Dude. If you knew what was best for me, I fucking wouldn't have played so many great games that I love. Oh, great games. Great quote, unquote. <laughs> yep. All the great games like Trinity Universe. Trinity fucking Universe. Yeah, okay. And whatever other games that I had fun with that you probably hate. If I had a nickel for every time I'd finished a game and it was like, okay, John, you just have to remember, Polly is always right. Polly is always right. It would I'd probably have like forty five cents. Yep. You did. Like, and that's a lot of sense. Secret of Mana, Final Fantasy Eight. Like those are just the last year. I can just oh. remember going, Polly is always right. Oh, Fucking Ashley right. likes Lagoon. <laughs> hey. It's a guilty pleasure, okay? <laughs> you should definitely feel guilty. Fuck you. I replayed Lagoon recently. Yeah, I know. It's shit. It's not good, but I had fun. <laughs> Is it the Neptunia of the SNES? <laughs> no. No. It's more like... It's like ease, but... Worse. It's a poor. It's a poor man's ease. Yeah, it's like that's what it is. Kmart. But you know what? Kmart brandies. The music. <laughs> and your sword is like, it's like maybe three pixels big. <laughs> okay, the music but... is fucking awesome. What about the East game on SNES, which was like that shitty version of three? Is this uh, Wanderers? Yeah, is this better than oh, I that? Thought you were, I thought you were talking about East 5. Wanderers from East is better than Lagoon. Oh, really? Yeah. To be fair, Wanderers also became one of the greatest remakes ever. Yeah, yeah. Oath and Felgana is fantastic. I never played the original version, but it, it doesn't really look like it's tickling my fancy. But... You don't have to. Like, if you've played Oath and Felgana, like, don't ever go back to Wanderers. <laughs> I have no plans to, because if it ever comes to a point where I want to play an East game again, like replay, mm-hmm. I'm fucking play Oath and Felgana, because that's my favorite East game. Yeah, that game's, that game's my jam. That game is sexy. Fuck that game's yeah, masterpiece So, um, I guess it's kind of getting close for us to kind of get ready yeah. to turn you loose. So, yeah, uh, already. Anything else that you want to go over before we let you go? How about we go over my undying hate for you? Wow. Fucking wow. wow. Listen listen to this. I know. I always this. I always stab very You deep. know what I'm going to do is instead instead do? of undying hate for you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to dub in just a, the biggest fart noise I can find over that. <laughs> and you're just going to say, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That. I gave you one for you. Yeah. So, uh, Ashley, if uh, our listeners want to find you on the old inner butts, where can we do so? You can find it. You can find me on Twitter at at Nepshley. N e p s h l e y. I think that's how you spell it. And there's a Q at the end. 
No, there isn't. Yeah, there is. It's N E P S H L E Y Q. Fuck off, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, it has been a fucking treat having you here. Wish you could have stayed longer, but I know that, you know, you got things you need to do. Uh, so uh, thanks for being on, and we will catch you again on the show next year. On episode 5396. On episode 5396. We need to do another stream sometime. You are not oh, wrong. Boy. You're not wrong. Get on the nap stream. Yeah. We gotta we gotta stream something like bad. Yeah. Yeah, like nap. Like nap. <laughs> I don't want to stream an RPG. We should stream Lagoon. Yeah. Okay. We'll stream Lagoon, and I'll talk about how shitty it is the whole fucking time. Well, have you have you played through Lagoon? I've played Lagoon, and I would never subject myself to playing through. Well, have you played Lagoon. the whole thing? Fuck no. Well, then you're, you're I had the treat. I had the good goddamn sense to quit like two dungeons in. Would you be terrified if I told you I'd beaten that game like four or five times? I wouldn't be shocked at this point, Ashley. Because I have. I've beaten that game many times. <laughs> I'm not. I'm and I'm not... going to do it a fifth or sixth time because I don't know how many times I've beaten it with you. All right. So we're going to we're going to do we're going to do a lagoon stream at some point. We got it right here on tape. Oh, but like all my ideas, we're gonna say we're gonna do it, or we're probably never gonna do it. No, we'll totally get because totally I always come up with all these ideas, and I never do them because it's with me, and she doesn't actually want to do anything with me. Oh yeah, I hate you. Yeah, so. she does. Why would I do my stream with you? Exactly, exactly. Thanks for stopping by, Ashley. You have yourself uh, a nice holiday season and all that fun stuff, and we will catch you. Hopefully in the new year, doing more fun stuff for us all to laugh at, no doubt. You got it. <laughs> Later. Later. So, Rhett. Hi. We go back to you now that I, now that our I guest is departed. We do. Uh, how's it going? Going, going well. How's your penis? I'm like, are you setting up for a bit? And you are. Yep. It, it's fine. Okay. That's good. I just like to check every now and then. <laughs> you you got to keep your sex symbol in working condition. Exactly. You I, might, I get it. Like, what if you were having a bad penis day? Like, and I didn't ask. Like, how bad of a friend would that make me if, like, you're just walking around, <laughs> Mr. Sad Penis, and you're like... <laughs> Oh, just well, I mean, if you put it that way, most days are actually sad penis days. It cries a lot. That's... Oh my... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it! <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Damn it. Video games. I do. I think you you play those every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> um. You want to talk about those instead of your crying penis? Yeah, I, I really would actually rather. Okay, we'll move on. No more crying penis talk until next year. <laughs> I don't know if we can. <laughs> guarantee that probably game of the year we try to clean things up a little yeah bit. let's keep it classy 
So um, last week, I or not last week, but last episode, I talked about Dragon's Dogma a lot. Yeah, yeah. For like a while, because I had a lot to say about that game. And then we finished the podcast, and I was just like, oh, fuck, I forgot to talk about the most important part. Uh-oh. So like uh, in a lot of the early episodes we did, I'd always be like, oh, no, I forgot something. Oh, well, and never bring it up again. But this time I was like, no, 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 I really want to tell this dumb story. So, you know how in that game you have the pawns that are characters created by other people that you can hire into your party? Mm-hmm. So, that, at the start of the game, that was really weirding me out that you have your main character and you gear them up, pick their skills. Then you have your pawn, gear them up, pick their skills. And then just two randos. Like, I kind of really wished that you could just control all four party members. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, I wanted to put some personality into the pawns I was choosing. So after, like, the first few levels, like, you level up so fast, I was just, like, kind of rushing through them because, like, oh, I'm level three, now I'm level six, like, 20 minutes later, like, time for a new pawn. Mm -hmm. So around level 20, I picked basically two lowly mages, (laughs) like, these two short little mages girls, and I was just like, okay, like, for role-playing purposes, I'll just, like, pretend they're twins or something. And I used, and I kept them in my party for, like, ten levels. You named them Ram and Ram. No, so you can't name them, though. They're named whatever the person who created them named them. right, right, right. So I used them for a while, like a pretty good chunk of time. And when you send them back, you can, like, add them to your favorites list Mm -hmm. so that you can kind of keep tabs on them. And then one of them, so I sent them back. I'm, like, level 30 now. And she was level 20 when I hired her. And then she shows up in the Nexus, like, right away as, like, level 40. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. So, like, the person who is playing her, or, like, her owner is very actively playing the game right now at the same time. And that's kind of a cool, weird, asynchronous multiplayer thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, like, so I'm like, oh, if I get to level 40, I'll be able to hire her again. And then Mm -hmm. she was like, the next day, she's level 47 now. Shit. Oh, jeez. She just keeps getting out of reach now. Yeah. So then I hired another another pair, like, a warrior girl and a mage girl. And... The warrior died. Uh-oh. She was, like, grappling onto a cyclops or something, and it jumped and fell off a bridge. Oh, and she shit. was hanging onto it, and she was just, you're just gone. No, Whoops. like, pop-up mention, just, there are only three characters in your party now. Bye. Whoops. So I, so I favorited the mage girl, and I sent her off. And then she shows up as the next, back in the Nexus and she had changed jobs to a warrior and was, like, wearing the same armor as the girl who had just died. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm just like, that is so perfect. Like, it's weirdly fitting into my, like, headcanon role-playing that she's, like, dedicating herself to the path of the warrior now after her friend died. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Even though these are characters created by different people. Yeah, they're like, just... Like this... Yeah, they're just silly bots. Yeah. But there was some level of personality there, and the fact that these two like were actively being played and like changing as I went along the game at the same time was really neat. So for the end game, like I rehired Ren, the mm-hmm. mage turned warrior, and then I rehired Neko Mimi, one of the girls from earlier on, and I used them through the end of the game, and that was real cool. And then so for the ending credits, like it shows you a book, and like turns the pages, and there's credits and stuff, and then turns a couple pages and it shows your main character and like all your stats and it turns the page and it shows your main pawn and all their stats and i'm like oh please do it please do it and it turns the page 
and it shows the yeah. pawn you use the most. The most, yeah. And it was Neko Mimi, and then it turned the page, and it showed the one you use the next most, and it was Ren. And I'm like, that's so cool. That's really fucking neat. Yeah. And it says, like, how long you were with them, and I could tell by the playtime, like, it, the game recognized that I had hired them more than once. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that was that was a real paradigm-shifting moment, I guess, like... This so super weird system of summoning characters made by other people and like not directly playing with them, but having that moment was super cool. Yeah, there's still like a cool connection somehow. Yeah. It was really weird, and then it was, got kind of sad at the end because I was going through the DLC, but like, you know, once you hit level fifty, that's kind of where you beat the main game. So they stopped leveling up because the owner probably stopped playing the game. Yeah, yeah. That was real weird. Oh. He's like, oh, I guess I kind of have to leave you guys behind eventually. Unfortunately. Yeah. So that I just wanted to mention that part about Dragon's Dogma, so we can go on to John now. But the most important part yes. of, you, of you playing Dragon's Dogma, though. Oh. You, play, you played a bit more. I, I played like 20 more minutes. I killed like two mini-bosses just to get to level 69. Yeah, <laughs> like, you did! So my pawn Ether is level 69 now, if any of you want to hire her. It's perfect. It's perfect. Perfect. So I guess we're moving to John then? Yeah. That's me? That That is actually that, you. I see. I thought John would have some sort of reaction to that story, but I guess not. He was jerking off or he something. He was busy not paying attention to what anybody else was saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a good story. I was yeah. listening okay. thoughtfully and enjoying okay. your okay. wise you heard words. It, at least. Yeah, I was what, here listening. What, what happened? Tell me back. <laughs> you tell you had the <laughs> Oh no You had the twins in okay. your party, the people that you thought of as the twins. You yeah. talked about going looking through your pawns in the credits and like having the nice connection with the pawns, how they like leveled up with other people. Okay. So Okay. And you leveled up to level 69. And you're like, <laughs> yes. yes. Perfect. I'm sorry. I'll try to I'll try to be more participatory. Not. Not jerking off. Speaking of jerking off, I heard you made a game. I did! Yeah, you did. Oh, I, yeah. For real, I didn't realize we hadn't talked about this one yet. I made a new game, finally. Finally! Oh, after fun. eight fucking years. It was like, it was either going to be Final Fantasy XV or John's next game. Mm-hmm. It's not the one I was working on since um, January of last year. Uh, <laughs> um, I made a little puzzle script game, finally. Do y'all know what puzzle script is? Tell us what puzzle script is for the kiddies yeah. that don't know. All right. Like, like me. So you know how there's basically the coolest game designer in the world, Ink Repair, Stephen Lavelle? And he's made just hundreds of games over the years. I know all exactly has on his website who you're talking about. I know exactly who you're oh, talking about. I know... This... All of Steven his work. Sausage Roll. This is Steven Sausage Roll. This yep. is an English country tune. Those are his two. Okay. Um, those are his two commercial releases. That I yeah, I think those are his two only two ones. Um, he's made a shit ton of free games and also several tools for making games. Mm-hmm. He made an extremely improved version of um, Sfixer, SFXer, um, called Bitfixer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I use that on all my games that I don't make. We just record mouth noises. Yeah. For, um, 
he made a tool called Flick Game, which is basically for making short graphical point-and-click adventure games in your browser. Mm-hmm. And the best tool he put together, um, in my humble opinion, is called Puzzle Script, and it's for making block-pushing puzzle games. Everybody's um, favorite. Oh, it's just for that. That's kind of I mean, there's not a lot else you can do with it, really. Could you make Steven Sausage Roll in it? He he um he made it after English Country Tune, and he remade a bunch of levels, a bunch of the two D levels from English Country Tune in it, huh. which is really cool, funny, I think. Um, yeah, it's it, I mean, it's just for grid based, non scrolling puzzle games with uh, uh, turn based. No, you can actually do action games in it. Um, games with very simple graphics. Yeah. Like if you are want to make a grid based. <laughs> non-scrolling game with very simple graphics um, that, you know, aligns with a certain set of rules, this is a really cool tool. Like, and you um, program the graphics, don't you? Like, you actually just yeah. make a grid and assign a color number to a certain part of that grid. So it'd be like, one zero five 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 zero one, And then that yes. would be, like, the top of the head. Mm-hmm. The, um... Everything in the game, in a game, is contained within a text file. Yeah. Which is really cool, I think. Um, there is a level editor built in that exports the text um, arrays. Um, so you can just copy-paste them from the editor into the text window yeah. on the side. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that until I was most of the way through this one. Mm. <laughs> um, but I finally, I had an idea. It was originally, and I made a little emoji comic on one of my, on a Twitter, um, based on an idea I had, and I decided, hey, this could make a fun game, and I tried putting it together in Game Maker with emojis, mm-hmm. um, and the, the comic was an emoji surrounded by spiderwebs um, blushing, and then I made several follow-up tweets that were a spider crawling slowly onto the web towards the emoji. Um, and then the Modi screaming, and then it, <laughs> never mind. Um, <laughs> what? so Vor is involved. So I thought you were I thought say Vor is in vogue. <laughs> Vor is totally in vogue right now. Really I've been is. trying to I've been trying to keep it contained on my Twitter because I don't want it to annoy like be an annoying meme. I want it to stay as magical and funny as it is right now. Um. <laughs> Oh god, Those it's so good. Those are the exact words I was going to use. <laughs> oh my god, I cannot believe Griffin McElroy how much he, how much he's done for God's cause. <laughs> I mean, oh. I guess I guess God actually would totally be into that, considering animals that he's yeah. made. <laughs> so I made a really horny emoji comic on my private Twitter, <laughs> um, and then thought, hey, this would make a fun game in Game Maker. And I tried putting it together in Game Maker, and I was like, okay, I... And then lost interest very quickly, because who makes games? Uh, not John. <laughs> not um, the last John game, Thayer. The last game I made was a year and a half ago, and the last game I was really happy with was um, Frog Adventure two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was feeling pretty creatively done. Um, and then I remembered Puzzle Script. I think I played Anna Anthropy's new... One of Anna Anthropy's um, Puzzle Script games. Um robot heist which is basically a star-crossed love story of betrayal and thievery 
um, worked into a series of block pushing pu- block pushing puzzles, and it tickled my pickle, made me interested in making more games and making games in that style. And then I thought about, oh, this emoji comic idea. I don't um, ever want to hear about your pickle ever again. <laughs> Um, so, and then I kind of thought up a whole, I started off with, you know, the emoji story of being trapped in the spider web as the spider crawls towards you and there's nothing you can do. And then you get eaten and die and worked backwards from there to kind of create a little story. Mm. And originally it wasn't, there wasn't going to be any puzzle solving or anything to it really. Um, I didn't really think of anything needy beyond that. Um, but then I kind of got this little story in my head. Um, and then I Googled pathfinding. I start. I loaded a puzzle script. I figured out all the basic language, pushing and pulling blocks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then I looked up pathfinding algorithms, and I found um, a, an algorithm for pathfinding and tweaked it to be exactly what I needed, which was a spider that chases you every turn yeah. if there's an open path towards your character. And that was about five months ago. Oh, wow. Was this and... written specifically for puzzle script? Yes. Okay. What do you mean? Uh, I mean, the original, I started working on something in Game Maker and nothing came of it. No, I meant and the, then, al- the yeah. chase algorithm. That was written specifically for puzzle Okay, script. that's what I meant. Um, but I had to tweak it a lot. And basically, I figured out all the complicated technical problems and then just shelved it mm. for like five months. Um, didn't do any graphics, didn't write any story, just oh. had the basic idea down. Um, I programmed webs that you can get stuck on. Yeah. At that point, too. Um, and then, like, last week, I just think... I don't remember what triggered it. I just... I I have an idea. What was it? You, you played a bunch of Toho, and then you made a game about killing fairies. <laughs> yeah. That's probably got something to do with it. Potentially. Um, yeah. So yeah, now it's a now it's a game about a fairy that goes into a tree looking for her lost friends, um, and winds up start getting chased by a spider. And it actually wound up I actually wound up making some really clever puzzles. And it has a and real really... happy ending. Yeah, you'll yes. never guess how it ends. Never. <laughs> um, and I got some right some kind of fairy tale writing um, that was very very inspired by um, Anne Anthropy's work. Um, especially stuff like Star Wench. Mm. Just the very dry, very horny <laughs> um, God. Um, writing. But in a way that you wouldn't really pick up on unless you're sort of in on it already, which I'm pretty pleased about. Like, um, the porny aspect of it didn't really strike me until 20 minutes after I'd finished. It was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> it literally started as a horny shit post on my private Twitter. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then I wound up making this really magical little thing um, that I'm very pleased with. And like for like a week later, I kept asking people, "Was it? Did it feel too short? Was it too short?" Um, and then everyone said, "No, no, it was perfect. It was perfect." So then uh, a week later, I added one more puzzle screen, and now I feel like it's perfect. <laughs> Um, 
basically not basically it had like two hard puzzles semi hard mm-hmm. puzzles yeah and now it has about three real puzzles and that's kind of what i felt like i needed mm-hmm. um so now i'm just very fixed a few bugs too so now i'm just very very pleased with it cool so proud of you thank you anna yeah, um, fixed a bug where you didn't die at the end <laughs> <laughs> um I th- I think that's still there. It's there's kind of still a, like like I found a bug. Um, uh-huh. Or actually, playing earlier, there was a spider. <laughs> oh, there is a bug. Yes. Um, I really like the death animation where the screen flashes red along with the spider's eyes. Yeah. I really like everything about it, and I'm very happy with it. It's made me so feel so creatively energized um for the first time in forever well, and good. yeah i'm just just like beginner's guide said making games is fun exactly. i like making games i'm yeah for the first time in forever i am just it kind of feels like when i started the rpg maker game and was like holy shit stuff is changing on the screen and i'm making things um except this I actually was able to finish it instead of make like 20% of something yeah. and feel really good about it. Like all so, of my game maker projects are 20% finished and like they're all like, oh look, here's a block that does a thing. Here's another block that shoots other blocks. Here's a block that does some, here's a block that changes the, the frame rate. Here's a block that does weird <laughs> th- Like all of my games are not games. They're just like ideas with blocks and I need to do something with some of them at some point. We we need the Polly's Guide. There you go. <laughs> Exploring all your unfinished I'll just, games. I'll give all of my and, unfinished and games to Rhett. He can do the narration. And then stick a lamppost in. And stick a lamppost in all my games. God. No, yeah. a moon pie. Stick a moon pie in all my games. I mean, okay. hold on to those ideas. Like, I had, I think I had the idea for the bubbles in Frog Adventure for mm-hmm. like a year. And then I was like, and then I started making, and then I played Adventures of Mike Man 2 and was like, I want to make something like the first level of this game. The part of me that always comes down to is like, man, I gotta do art. Fuck this. Oh, yeah, that's. I, I I really really hate doing art because like games. a lot of these a lot of these ideas could easily evolve into games like I've got a great little auto scroller game that mm-hmm. is a very cute five minute game like it could I like I could probably throw like whip up a little bit more of the code like over the weekend and be like oh look it's a a game but I ain't got no art mm-hmm. I got a red square and some green squares. <laughs> It's. I, I will tough. say, bullet phase literally did start with a red square jumping around. Yeah. It's fucking tough. The only thing I can suggest is reuse uh, graphics from your other games or other people's games, and use a lot of photographs, textures you steal online. <laughs> photographs stolen online. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of I'm just gonna steal fucking NES sprites. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. You know how many games they made with the same Mega Man sprites? Exactly. Like, you know how <laughs> it's many... like I'm never going to sell any of these fucking games. Who cares? You know how many Castlevanias had the same fucking Medusa head from yeah. Rotten Blood? Yeah. Order of Ecclesia has the same Medusa head from Rondo of Blood. Yep. I kind of so... wish Capcom never stopped using the same Morgan sprite. 
Yeah. There you go. Like, like keep the same Morgan sprite in Marvel versus Capcom that would 3. Be so like, good. everyone is 3D and she's just a sprite. That would have been That'd better. Be real good. <gasps> yeah, and then make all your characters, like, polygons. Mm-hmm. Beyond that. I want to remake a game I made in middle school about Polly the Polygon. Mm-hmm. Which where you're just a triangle and it's a short platformer. And I fe- and I drew a little cute face on it. I felt pretty good about it. And you'll, of course, make the polygon resemble me this time. <laughs> That's yeah, the funny thing, is that I made a game about Polly the Polygon. <laughs> HD remake, now she has a carrot. Now she's got to get that carrot in there. Now she's got the carrot. <laughs> so, hold on. Yeah, basically, like, every one of my things. Like, I had an idea for an ant exploration game for like a year and a half and then made it in three days mm-hmm. only only they're always completely different from how you think they're gonna be oh yeah yeah just naturally um fugitive was like two years in my head um i think the only ones that really just evolved completely kind of in creation were like quarantine into the vortex um dance party maybe Okay, so a few of them, but hold on to the little ideas. They're yeah, they're precious. Yeah, and yeah. they they are the spark that makes something cool. Yeah, I, I still keep the, the 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 projects around. I'm not gonna get rid yeah. of them, obviously, because obviously there's gonna be some worth into them in the future. It's just man, art. making shit's hard. Why, why are why do games need art? Why do the games that I specifically make need to have art? Mm-hmm. We don't want games that have art. We want games that have fart. Exactly. <laughs> That's gonna be my next game. It's just gonna be a fart button. The objective of the game is to press button to fart, and if you do it, you win. I've got one unfinished game where Anna did all the art, and she did all the art, and I did about half the programming. Mm-hmm. And so she's a little she's a little pissed because all the all the remaining stuff that needs to be done is me. And she made all this perfect stuff for it. And I'm real. I'm real. I really want to get it done at some point. Real considerate, John. I know. I'm just number one. Mm. I'm a great collaborator. Mm. You're a fantastic collaborator. <laughs> so, make games! Do um, it! Anna Anthony's making a new game, uh, in a new book, writing a new book. Um, it's coming out later in a few months, I think, um, called, I think making games with puzzle script scratch and twine mm-hmm. and it's about making games with puzzle script tra- scratch and twine that's not what i would have guessed it was going to be about yeah and it's actually designed to be accessible for kids which is the really cool that's thing, very think. smart um the, so the sooner we I'm, get children really into game making the better yeah and puzzle script and twine are incredible tool accessible tools i haven't tried scratch yet it's it's sort of the um, one that can work for action games. I've, I've tweaked with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, make games, make little games, make game, use the tools that work for you. Get the art however you need to. Just I want to hear your voices. You, you can go. send your emails and tell me you made a game, and there I'll play go. it. <laughs> send John all your emails and tell him you made a game. Even if you didn't, just like send him an email and tell him you made a game. He'll love it. Also, also, I sent a tweet thanking Anna Anthony for um, Robot Heist and said, hey, I, d- I made this thing after playing a game. And she played it and said it was great. There you go. So I feel pretty over the moon about all this progress. And I've basically been pouring that straight into other stuff. But let's talk about that after Polly. Hey! Welcome, 
Hey, oh boy. All that positivity. All that positivity. <laughs> and I'm going to make John cry. I know what's next. <laughs> yeah. Um, so John talked about this for a while. It's come up a lot of times when we've talked about interactive fiction uh, on the old Sox cast. Uh, it's a little visual novel uh, referred to as We Know the Devil. Who got bumped out? Not me. Oh, it, it oh. was Ashley. Oh, it was just Ashley. Okay. <laughs> so, We Know the Devil um, is bad. <laughs> hey! Very, very blunt. <laughs> well, they don't call me Subtle Polly for nothing. Yeah. But it, so, has, it has a girl named Neptune. It is a girl named Neptune. And she's about the only person that might kind of be a character, but I don't really feel like it. Um, so, it's just, it, it's a story where kids are going to, I'm assuming it's a gay conversion camp, where oh. you go because you're gay, but, uh, like, they only real like, they don't really explicitly say it, they're just like, we're getting the bad out of you, and the bad is just in quotation marks, and I guess them not actually saying what it is is supposed to be, I don't know. Like, like, I don't get what they're going at. Like, if it's a gay conversion camp, just fucking say it's a gay conversion camp. Because mm-hmm. I think that that, act, you know, like, actually saying it and not... You, you, like, if you put this game out there as being LBGTQ friendly, why not just fucking say it in the game? It almost feels like maybe you're afraid to say it. It just feels... It just felt weird. It just felt like a weird setup. But, like, these three girls, they're there, and they gotta go stay the night in a cabin... And because they've got to wait on the devil to show up. And don't do anything gay while you're in the cabin. Don't do anything gay in the cabin, especially. Um, and it's just a lot of talking. And it's just... It's not even characters talking. It is the author just saying words to me. And wanting me to be really, really impressed by it. Like, everything that's being said, like, it never feels like there's a conversation going on. It never feels like anybody's trying to relate anything to one another. It's just, look, I said this very, very important thing. Aren't you impressed? Look, I'm saying an important and impressive thing as well. Look at all of my dialogue. It is so up its own ass. Man, this game's bad. It's really bad. So, so something came up. John mentioned something that just kind of made, like, made me kind of understand why I really, 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 (laughs) really, really dislike the text in this game and the quote-unquote dialogue is that um, the author seems to be heavily inspired by Tim Rogers, who is somebody... More with the game's crit stuff. Who, if I could, I would load him into a (laughs) rocket and fire him into the sun. Because he is one of the most insufferable human pieces of garbage to try and read ever. And Okay, this... but tell us how you really feel. Okay. <laughs> well, I was being subtle there. Yeah. Um, but... but, 
like all of this dialogue and it's like it's not even trying to be preachy it's not it's not even that it's just like look i am a character quote unquote that is saying a very profound thing are you really how impressed are you that i said this really profound thing look at this next character quote unquote who is saying this really profound thing it look at are you not are you not floored by the profundity of everything that you're reading right now? And man, it's just such a slog through this unnatural dialogue. These aren't characters. They're just a mouthpiece for someone that wants to write a lot of words and have pretty images appear on the screen. So, John, I heard you liked it. <laughs> Everything you're saying makes sense, but wow, I just, I played through the game and had a very strong emotional reaction and really connected with it. So I I think it could be argued that I had a strong emotional reaction (laughs) as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It it felt very complete and cohesive to me. Basically, I think I need to probably revisit it and think, think through it, but I think I, I think I still really, really care for the game a lot that's fine that's fine like i i after i got one ending i i I talked to john on discord a bit i was like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna predict the ending and and then i completely predicted the ending (laughs) (laughs) and it's so nice oh my god the true end is real nice it just i don't know like this nothing about this clicked at all it was just like and, and man and i know i'll probably take some shit for it because i did i've already gotten shit for mm-hmm. it from, i can't believe people hunt down your email to give you shit about someone steam reviews someone went to my steam profile found my what? website found my contact email address and not which email not even the podcast one no it was poly at socks make people sexy.net people tracked down the person tracked down that very address and because i felt the way that i do about this game and that i think that it's just really up its own ass i don't think that it's so much about lgbtq themes as it says it is i feel like anything that the author has said to that extent has just kind of been a crutch maybe like i'm not saying there's no gay in it but i don't think that there's a lot in here to relate to as a gay person uh it just kind of i think um i think one thing specifically ABB said a lot um is that for it was sort of also about relating a very specifically midwestern queer experience perhaps and that she, i'm sorry Perhaps. Yeah, and she said that a few people were saying that this was was very distant for them, and she said that it wasn't really trying to represent that experience, the queer experience universally, just tapping into that something that was very specific for her. Right. Just but, a sort of a counterpoint. But yeah, a person tracked me down and uh, sent me a very angry email because I didn't like their dumb, pretentious game. Um, not, not Abby B, but, uh, like mm. you know, the person who enjoyed this game, obviously. Um, and it was just like, you're no member of the LGBT community, let alone an ally. And it's like, 
well, what the fuck am I then? I'm trans, <laughs> pansexual. Uh, what do you? Well, what what do I get to be then? Because I don't like we know the devil. I can I can no longer be transgender. Which well, we're gonna have to do some reversals here. Uh, I can no longer be pansexual. Uh, <laughs> Gotta take away your license. You failed the test. Oh yeah. shit! You don't like Steven Universe. So oh much. shit! Oh no, you like it? Okay, but that's still not. That's still not good. Uh, yeah, I, this dumb motherfucker. You gotta do. Gotta do queer penance. Just watch the Utna movie through there you go. fifteen yeah. times. I will skip the Utna movie and watch the Utena <laughs> movie though. <laughs> It has to come up every single episode now, doesn't it? As soon as he said that, I'm like... But yeah, some dumb motherfucker... Some dumb motherfucker sent me... a fucking life. A very... Like, they were just so unreasonably angry. And uh, the only response I sent them was LOL. That's great. I mean, like, that's the best response you can... Like, because they're sitting there banging at their keyboard, and they're... Maybe they're listening right now. I hope so, because there are people that hate listening to this fucking podcast. I know (laughs) there are, because people send me their tweets, and I don't want them. I think we might have more hate listeners than actual listeners. It's probable. (laughs) But, um... But yeah, I just love the idea of this person sitting down and banging out this five-paragraph diatribe about how horrible of a person I am and how I'm the reason gay games can't be on Steam. And it's just like, lol. <laughs> That's all you get, bitch! God, get a fucking life. I know. That's coming from John. I know. Aww. John's the nicest Wait. guy. Yeah, John oh, thank the you. nicest guy. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said... No, no. That's not what I meant. I realized it came out wrong. No, that's funny. Thank you. Yeah, just fucking deal with it. Deal with your shit. This is, like, Mia Schwartz, who's the artist um, for the game. I follow her on Twitter, too. And she, like, they've dealt with so much bullshit from people Mm -hmm. uh, because it doesn't meet... not, Not, like people saying they don't like the game because of the writing, Uh but, like, coming at them saying that they are, like, problematic for their representation in We Don't the Devil or some shit, and, like, writing hateful things about them and saying that they are, yeah, just the awful, awful Tumblr shit um, that kind of has hit Steven Universe a lot lately, too. And they've just been swamped in that because we know the devil blew up so much. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. You know what it, you so, know what it boils down to? The people who to? don't like it and the people who like it are both the worst. You know what it boils <laughs> down to? It, yeah. bo- it boils down to a McElroy aesthetic I saw the other day that I really liked. Mm-hmm. So here's what the internet is. It's a box that you plug into the wall and then people fucking scream at you. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. So that's that that that's all my thoughts on We Know the Devil. I don't like it in the slightest. It's just it doesn't resonate. I don't I don't think 
Like, like maybe, maybe I can't say that it's not honest because it's probably about a different experience than the one that I've experienced. But it, I don't know. It just a lot of it doesn't feel genuine or earned to me. Like I don't feel that there are characters in this story at all. It's just somebody that really wants me to hear them talk and be very impressed by it. I don't think you. I think you said you didn't really love ABB's criticism either. Oh, no, not at all. Don't. Nope, yeah. nope, nope. I've connected a whole lot with her game script. I've, that's why I submitted yeah. to Zeal a bunch of times, too. Yeah. Um, and I also connected a lot with Tim Rogers as a teenager. So. Tim Rogers <laughs> is a giant cunt. <laughs> he can walk the walk. He makes. He's made a bunch of... He spent four years making just a shit ton of great games. So Still eh. a cunt. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, basically don't project so much shit onto work by queer artists that you put, raise your expectations of it so high that you either can't bear the idea of other people not liking it and it becomes this sacred, important thing. And there are a lot of fucking people that do that. Yeah. And don't project on it so hard that if it doesn't match your experience perfectly, if it doesn't that you like single out the creators as being like self-hating queer folks or not loving, not liking queer yeah. folks or we get into that whole queer baiting thing again. Kind yeah. of in a way. I think Taylor, Basically. Taylor said she got queer baited right up the ass. <laughs> Basically. I, I think that was on the let, album listening club though. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Basically just let queer artists make their shit and let people like it or not like it on its own merits yeah and let people be fucking human beings and that's what i think you're doing just by kind of actually engaging with the thing on its own merits outside of the zeitgeist yeah yeah so i think they'd be i think the creators of the game would be fine with that i think the only people who aren't fine with that are people who are just taking this way too personally Maybe, and I get it. Queerness is fucking complicated. Exactly. Like, it's not it's that hard. I don't understand. Fuck, you think that, you think that shit's been easy for me? You think mm. I don't understand what that fucking shit feels like? But at the same when time, you've got to have fucking compassion. Starved. When you're just starved for any kind of story that resonates with your own, you just, you can connect you can just project too much onto other people yeah, and yeah. To... you can turn into a real dickhead yeah so just pull back pull into yourself calm down and examine your stuff and figure out your own shit on your own without live tearing for other people you down. live for you and don't worry so live much about you. what others are thinking especially when yeah. it comes to something like a video game yeah because being queer is fucking great yes <laughs> You know what? I've got bad news. What? Out of Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, that is bad news. I just like the wrapper for the last one is sitting here and like I'm sniffing it because <laughs> I miss it. What you doing, Rhett? Playing some video games. You <laughs> doing that? <laughs> yeah, still doing that. Doing that video <laughs> game thing, man. That crazy video game thing you do. Man, I always check on you, and you're like, I'm, I'm video games, man. You're just always doing yep. that. That's crazy. Yep. I got a billion hours on Steam, mm-hmm. a billion video games. 
Uh, I played through her story. Well, I mean, played through is a kind of weird term. That's for that a game. weird term to use for that game. Yeah, I that's... experienced the majority of her story mm-hmm. and left somewhat satisfied. Left <laughs> somewhat satisfied. That's good. Um, so give us uh, an explanation yeah. because it's been a while since her story has been talked about here on here. I think. So let's go ahead and go over like, kind of the basics of what's going on here. So that is a game where you are watching video clips of a woman being interviewed by the police. And there are all these kind of short, like, 20 to 40 second clips. And they're kind of all out of order because you can watch them in basically any order. And you search through them by typing words. And if she says that word in any clip, it'll come up. Yeah. And it's really weird. <laughs> It is a really weird and interesting and really cool way to interact. Like, I had a notepad when I was playing that game, writing down words. I've heard that a lot. Like, I was listening to the Bombcast the other day, and they mentioned that on Game of the Year, and they were just like, yes, that first hour where you're just sitting there with a notepad writing down, like, these key words, like, oh, the name is something. Oh, oh, she was in Glasgow. I'll write that down and search for that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a real cool, like, detective chase at the start of that where you're trying to piece together what happens, what yeah. happened. And then there's a moment, and I'm sure that moment will happen differently for everybody because it's such a nonlinear game, where you realize kind of what's really going on here. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge, like, oh, oh, shit, like, this huge paradigm shift yeah that i it, did, just did mm, not see coming it's a it's, weird fucking shift in gears that yeah depending on when it hits you and like yeah. what words you search for like it's gonna you're gonna find it differently every time yeah from person to person and even just like like i had names written down like you know searching things and then when i kind of go oh oh huh okay that's that's not what I expected, huh? Mm-hmm. But then, so, like, it kind of reminded me of Analog, a hate story. Like, because in that, you could click on, like, names and stuff to see more about the, yeah. that person. Yeah. But this was much more, like, Archaic it's actually, like, and... giving you all the reins to search for whatever yeah. you want to. So it's much less guided than yeah. Analog was. But then, because of that, I think this game kind of peters out at the end where... You kind of start running it's, out of things to put yeah, you, in. You run. It's real hard to like kind of figure out the words you need for those last like forty percent or yeah, so. Yeah. Maybe not that much, but. And then just because this game doesn't really have an ending whatsoever, I mean, it kind of it has credits. Yeah. And the kid's basically like, "Are you satisfied yet?" <laughs> that's that's what the game is. Is literally just you quit when you're satisfied and. Yeah. The resolution of the story is whatever resolution you yeah. think that story has. It's it's a cold case for a reason. Yeah, so after kind of watching the majority of it, I went on to a, like a wiki and kind of read the main theories of what happened. And boy, yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of real good ones. And it's like, oh, man, I, I just don't know anymore. It's and I, I guess if you go to the Steam file like the steam folder for the game files you can just watch all the clips in a row oh wow which because they're just there like completely unprotected oh wow <laughs> and, they're, not... and they're they're even like named in order oh that's crazy which i think is a bad way to experience it though yeah but 
if you're really trying to like piece it together, like you kind of want to do that afterwards. And there are some yeah. people that have such a hate boner for this game, and I, I don't, really... I don't get, you know, yeah, like fucking. There's uh, somebody that gets retweeted a lot to my mm-hmm. timeline. Um, I'm not gonna name them, but, they, <laughs> but I'm sure you guys know who I'm talking about. And it's just like. Every other day or two, she's got something to say about her story being so bad and how the author is just this terrible person for writing a terrible story. And it's like, is it really that bad? I mean, this game's been out for what, like, what, two, one or two years? I think it maybe slightly less than two years maybe and it's just or, like you've still got this much of a hate yeah, owner for it seriously. like can you not just fucking let it go you didn't like, like a the, thing i get it let yeah. other people who do enjoy it it's a neat experiment in non-linear storytelling it's like me mm-hmm. review me reviewing we know the devil and saying i didn't like it it's yeah, completely you... different from this person being on Twitter every day, <laughs> just completely bitch-fitting about her story. Because mm-hmm. then you get the sense that it's not actually about the game. Is oh, sort of my yeah. thinking. <laughs> it's like some other kind of anger yeah. just that, that got attached to that game somehow. Yeah, feels that way. Eh. And it's a fucking weird game it's it's it it's hard to yeah. say you're satisfied with it because yeah. of, it's because it's a you know not its nature yeah it's, yeah it's it look like it literally doesn't have an answer though like there are different interpretations yeah. given awesome the evidence awesome and like i kind of had pieced together some of them but then the third one was like oh huh that's what people think huh and you mm. just don't know and that's I get that could be frustrating for people. Like, like some people, go. they've got to have an answer, and I don't yeah. think that that you always need an answer. Like, if I like, I think back like huh. like Danganronpa three future arc. I didn't. Oh. I didn't need those answers. Mm-hmm. If yeah. those are the answers, if that's the answer you came up with, I don't fucking need that garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go play Contradiction instead. Yeah, Contradictions are oh, good. It's so good. I fucking love Contradiction. And that's more the straightforward murder mystery, right? Yeah, it's a As straightforward yeah. murder mystery. There you go. Phoenix Which is cool. Wright kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I watched the trailer and just was like, oh, yes, I'm all about this. And, like, the actors are just literally chewing up the scenery in every it's fucking great. scene. It's, it's so great. good. Ugh. I'm so into That's it. A, like that is cool. a, like yeah. that, story sounds contradiction and Danganronpa are games that John and Anna play together. I think mm-hmm. those would be good. Yeah, for sure. I think it would be cool if her story had kind of like in analog, like there was Hune would kind of react to the things that you were saying to kind of have it be more guided. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like her story is just crazy because it just doesn't give you There's any no feedback. guidance. Like yeah, you are it's like crazy. Like after a brief introduction, you're given a search prompt and told go. And that's it. Until one one nugget of information yeah. in the ending, basically. Yeah. And then you There's get a sort like, of purity to that that I really it, admire yeah, without really playing is. having played it yet. It but sounds also, way I'm yeah. way more interested in it now after hearing y'all talk about it. But then like kinda after seeing the credits and then you get there are some cheat commands like 
one of them is like clip random and another one I didn't even see this in the game, but like there's a way to have it actually show you fifteen results instead of five. Yeah. So I was able to like see more that way, but then it's just like, well, I get I guess I'm done now because I know but the majority of stuff it seems. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the ending is so weird. Yeah. Just quitting while when you're satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that it it's cool that a game's out there that has that sort of structure. Yeah. It's funny though, people got super into like analyzing it. Apparently, mm-hmm. like, so the sh- video that you're watching never shows the detective asking a question. Yeah. It just shows her answers. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, how come there's only one second between the timestamps? And the creator of the game was like, I didn't really think people would analyze those this much. Yeah. <laughs> Because then there's like, oh, she gets up and goes to the bathroom here, but then comes back one second later. It's like, it's just a game thing. Yeah. Oh, people. I mean, people got real into it. Because then they're like, oh, she mentions Princess Diana, but this takes place in 94. And blah, 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 blah. Like, this is contradictory. Is she lying or is she, you know, it's totally inconsequential stuff. But Like, they fully a... admit, like, yeah. even the developers have fully admitted, like, they 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 bungled a couple of things, like or the actress yeah. botched a couple of lines and didn't say the right thing. Oh really? Yeah, they've they've admitted that that like you have a couple of things kind of got botched and they couldn't fix it uh. because like they'd already hired her, she was already done with them and stuff, so they had to work with what they did, and yeah. like so a couple of things are not one hundred percent perfect, but it's still I don't think that they're. So bad that they make the game unplayable or oh, definitely make not. it this so that you super, can't form like, a theory. Yeah, this was super, super nitpicky stuff, like, going back to, like, the truth of 94, like, when yeah. this game takes place. Yeah. That 90%, 99% of people wouldn't notice it. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. There's also one, there's a title drop moment where she goes, oh, well, yeah, well... That was her story. Yeah. And I thought, is her story the thing to type into the search bar? And then it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I did but the same was... fucking thing. It's it's such a cool moment. <laughs> yeah, that that's a game I played. That's a good game. It's interesting. It's, it's an interesting piece of interactive fiction yeah. that I think is it's... definitely worth anyone's time. Yeah, because uh, it's really short, like easily under two hours, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. And it's just like a real cool way to interact with something yeah. uh, as well. Yeah, I do. I love the whole notepad thing at the start where just writing down every word. Practically. Every single word that I had searched. and she, That shit's fun. It was so cool to get into it like that. Yeah. I watched it. I did. I played it in a dark room with headphones on and a notepad. And it was just like, you know, like kind of putting yourself in the game's yeah. ambiance because that's kind of what they're presenting you with. Man, I had to turn that screen glare off, though. That was crazy. I really liked it. I liked it, but it just got annoying by the end. Uh, I really liked it. I kept it. Cool. So is that her story, then? Yeah. John! That's me. It's time for you to talk about you again. Hooray! So I finished um, the Spider game, and then I basically turned a bunch of that creative energy towards uh, my machine game. Oh, hey, that thing again. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't think I sent Paul. I think I wanted to send Polly the demo and then lost track of that. I made like a little two-minute thing. Yeah, I have shot no that. demo. I have no demo. Oh, I sent it at 
Frez and Red, I think. And Red had a bunch of really good thoughts. Uh, that sentence came out <laughs> being pretty shady. Sorry, Frez. Um, Frez just was like, yes, this is very nice. I like Well, the this. first I thing like, I said was you. like, I like kind of got motion sick like immediately because the character was scrolling at the same time as the background. Mm-hmm. And then and I noticed like, super disorienting. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, you're right. And uh, how did I not see that? So I immediately changed it and looked way better. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had a bunch of little like micro suggestions that instantly made it feel way better. Basically, what I did was put together the first two minutes of the game with the pretty tiles that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've had all the level design done for like six months. Yeah, um, that, and, like I remember you like finishing that. No, I finished the level design. Oh. For, um, I haven't linked it all together smoothly. I didn't have a death animation. I didn't have a final boss fight. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an intro or an ending or a title screen. Right. Um, so it's, you know, it's going to still be a million hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I finished... Basic, basically what it happened was that I showed it... I got these first two minutes together and then got Anna to play it. Mm-hmm. And then she said, this is the worst feeling movement I've ever experienced in a video game. Ouch! And I said... And then she's had a specific suggestion. And I said, okay. And then I changed two lines of code. And then I handed it to her again and said, how about now? And she said, this feels way better. Well, there you go. This feels good now. And I tried it, and I think it feels good now. And I sent both versions of the movement to Red, And I think you ultimately sided with the changed version right well yeah the original version was good for a bit but then when it scrolls diagonally it like became unplayable basically it's yeah basically it's um the screen is scrolling irregularly because it's based on the last level back of the dolphin Uh, um yeah and the way it was originally your character moved automatically at the same speed as the camera oh Just like, you know, like Gradius does. Yeah. Like any scrolling shooter does. Like the, it, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But if the camera is jumping around as much as it is in this game... Yeah, that's a problem. It's too much... It's too much control wrenched from the player. Yeah. It's too much um, feeling as though your character is... Yeah, it's too much having your motion not under your control. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have the player moving at all then it feels wretched because you're just constantly trying to catch up with the camera and not get crushed yeah and it 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 doesn't really work you can't do it mario style either because it's scrolling twice as fast as mario is it's scrolling twice as fast as echo the dolphin is Mm -hmm. um so basically what it what it did was make it so that the character scrolls automatically at half the speed of the camera at any given time so you're still having to catch up a bit, but now also when the camera is moving you in a direction you don't want it to go, you don't feel horrible. It doesn't yeah, feel like the that... most wretched thing in the world. Yeah, I can um, actually see how the original movement you were going with would really be fucked up. Yep, and now it feels a million times better. This game has been basically getting... um, What's the thing you cook stuff in for a million, for like all day? A slow cooker? Yeah, I guess you could... I mean, that's the a dumb crock one for pot. It. A crock pot. That's the correct name. Um, what a crock. <laughs> Basically, this game's been in a crock pot for two years, and I think it's really benefited the game. 
Pro- yeah. Um, just the very the slow um, maturation. Yeah. Because I made I made this something like this about a year and a half before I made quarantine. Like right after beating Echo, I mm-hmm. put together a system with some stolen hero core sprites and some Donkey Kong Country music, and it was yeah, and it wasn't good. It didn't feel good, and I was fit. <laughs> But it's ba- it was basically the same thing, really. Um, and I just... And then at some point I changed... I thought of the Game Boy graphics. Um, at some point I showed it to Modal on Twitter. And she was like, hey, you can use my music for this if you want. Uh, and I was like, oh, sure. And I found some of her music and put it in. And it was immediately way better. Um, and then recently I found... I was using some of her unfinished music from her from her, one of her pages, and then I went to see her finished music, and it was even better. And I grabbed one of those, and it fit even better, and it looped cleanly. Nice. Um, so now it has sound effects, good graphics, the movement feels way better, the music's excellent. Um, there's a good shaking effect whenever it, the camera's changing. Um, it feels kind of amazing. I'm pretty pleased with it. Neat. Yeah. ETA? I'll, I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you. I have no idea. <laughs> January. I, I, I thought I could finish it before December, but I've kind of got another project in the works I don't really want to talk about. Oh, um, gotcha. Spider mm-hmm. 4 2. Sp- there you go. <laughs> I want to make more. Yeah. Or a spider being chased by a snake. Oh. Hmm. Oh god, here we go. Um I want to make some more stuff that's horror e. Mhm. I want to make stuff more stuff that's scared. I want to make stuff that's suddenly horny. Yeah, like, why not? Just cuz that's also <laughs> it's also something I always really liked about Anna Anthropy's work was how it worked kink stuff into gamey contexts. Right. Um and that's something I kind of want to pursue. Um, we've got subtle poly and subtle horny. Well, I mean, there's something really enticing about being subtly horny because like full on, like hardcore shit, like it's boring and done to death. But if you can do something that's real subtle, enticing or titillating in some way, I think that's way more interesting and exciting. Yeah. Cause you know what? That's also the stuff that's, I feel like if you have like. If you work your sexuality into your work mm. in ways that are kind of subtle like that, um, then parts of it are gonna re- then parts of that are gonna resonate with people, yeah. like not necessarily because they're horny for the same stuff, but because you're tapping into something very carnal and true about yourself, right? And people that people like that, yeah, I think. Um, so I think that's something I'm interested in, and I think that was kind of a fun thing with the Spider game was realizing that I could maybe do that too. I think um, you were successful at the very least. Thank you. Um, so Machine Game isn't really so much that. I feel like Machine Game is sort of. I mean, <sighs> this is really like conceited sounding, but I kind of would really love for it to go down as like sort of like my Star Guard or my Redder. Gotcha. Um, where it's sort of my big formal thing and that I can go make a bunch of weird shit 
Yeah. Because <laughs> this isn't that weird. It's 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 sort of a big statement that a lot of formal game design ideas I've been stewing on for a long-ass time. Yeah. Um, and I'm ready to kind of maybe close the book on some of that stuff for me. And I think this can sort of be that. And then that, that'll... And all those lessons will carry forward into my other stuff, too. Um, so it feels like something... It, it really feels like kind of a mic drop, and I'm really pleased with how it's matured over years, over basically three months of development over the course of, like, four years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I've characterized it to people. It, yeah, that's about... That's about on point, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm real pleased with that, and I'm probably going to... Yell at y'all! Yell at everybody about it when it comes out for quite a while. Afterwards. I imagine you will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also also it's game development has stalled because for a good while now, whenever I loaded up the game, I would just play it for forty minutes and mm. then put it back down. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a good and bad thing. Yes, it's a pretty good thing. I don't think I've ever had that really happen with one of my right. games before. Um, and I think that's pretty much where I'm at. Making games is really cool and fun. I haven't talked about it as... I know a lot of people who are very kind of vocal during the creation process, and I really respect that. Like, um, I'm following Lauren Schmidt now on Twitter, who did Stargard and a bunch of other great stuff. Mm -hmm. Like Strawberry Cubes. Um, And they post videos and vines of their stuff right now. Every little delightful detail. Um, And it's really... Danilo Diaz of Joymaster does that too. He's always showing stuff about plunking around in Game Maker 2 now. Uh, awesome. So it's kind of fun stuff to see. So I feel like I've been comparatively pretty secretive with this process, because with this game in particular's process, because it's kind of my baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like Bullet Phase, but it's not even that ambitious as, as something like Bullet Phase. It's just because it sort of was the start of my game development journey as an adult. Yeah, yeah. So seeing it, it all pl- started with Echo the goddamn dolphin. Yep. <laughs> what a There's stream. No, the, it, when, one thing I figured out, I decided on, um, I kept thinking back and forth on how to do um, checkpoints for forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Echo does not have checkpoints. No. <laughs> so I think what I'm finally... Um, and I haven't designed the game with checkpoints in mind, so I think I finally decided on is just um, invisible checkpoints every two minutes or so, right. and then infinite respawning. Yeah. I made a very nice death animation um, that I stole from Redder. Uh, <laughs> and I want the options menu. Um, in the options menu, you can just turn the checkpoints off. Cool. It <laughs> so should just can... say safety nets off. Safety nets! <laughs> There you go. So then you can have your um, 10 minute long, horribly difficult scrolling shooter game. Right. (laughs) Also, I I made like a great last level that actually feels like a climax, which I had no idea how to do. That was another thing that benefited from the slow maturation because for ages I was just clueless as to how to handle that. And it's, it fits so well. Um, Fuck it, the, the scrolling just cuts in half. So it goes really slow mm-hmm. for two minutes. 
which means all the enemies become instantly way more threatening because they're on screen for way longer. Oh, that's mean. It's very devious. Um, and I kept, I made like four incarnations of a final boss and I showed them to Anna and she was like, that's, that's fucking, that's pretty garbage. You don't really need that. And I was like, oh yeah. So I think I'm probably just going to go with some kind of Gradius, like nothing final boss. Nothing I don't, final boss. Cause I don't think it needs it. I think it's good. So it, all of the mechanical stuff is good. I just need to link it all together, which is a shame because it turns out jumping from one room with 2,000 objects to another room with 4,000 objects, um, it's really hard to do that seamlessly. There's about a split-second hang-up as the right. game loads in all the objects. Yeah. Because I had to split up the rooms originally because once there's like 8,000 objects in a room, the game starts chugging. Yeah. So my next big project is figuring out how to, instead of loading things in a, having all the objects just placed in a room, putting all the objects into a lit text file and then loading that into the game at the start and having it load objects dynamically and delete them as the game scrolls so that only about 30 objects are loaded at a time. Yeah, like if a game is scrolling and you're not going to be backtracking a lot, it's mm -hmm. probably a good idea to handle it that way. Yep, it's just nothing like nothing I've ever done before in Game Maker ever. It so if I can pull it off, it means that this will be by far the even more so by far my most technically um, sophisticated game. So it it was fun to talk about that. This has been kind of a personal project, and I've been pretty secretive about it. I think so. It was nice to go on about it for fifteen minutes. Cool. Cool. Uh, who is next? That would be me. Holly. Holly! Holly, I will be rounding out my section of the show this time with a fantastic little game called Momodora Reverie Under the Yay! Moonlight. So glad it's nice. Yes. This is a very pretty, very, um, just very well put together action platformer that some people would use that dumb M word on. Um, but it's not really that because this is not a game focused on gaining a lot of mobility maneuvers and things to get you through spaces that you can't really get through. There's not really a whole lot of that. It's just the game kind of dumps you into its world and it's a, a world where you can like, you know, a run around, explore, and hit dead ends. But since the world is so, like, I don't feel that it wastes screens in a way that a lot of, like, um, Metroid-inspired games do, where it just feels like some screens are there for the sake of this map feeling big. Um, and I think Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight really avoids that by making every room count, by making, like, like everything matter, by, like, having so many, like, unique little pieces in the background or the foreground or just unique uh, platforming or combat challenges. Um, it spends a lot of its time just kind of just letting you leisurely go about the world in your own way, even though there is, you know, a through line to the ending, 
you're still free to just kind of like run around it and you don't really feel like you wasted your time if you came up short and even if but 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 in my it was my experience personally that like every path i went down i would find something i would find like a collectible bug or i would find a health upgrade or something like i just i never felt like i was wasting my time uh, when I was playing that game, even when I found myself off the critical path. Um, and I guess in a way, maybe the world being kind of as well put together as it is, um, and I'm going to especially talk about the game's uh, difficulty, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to throw out those oh. two words. I'm gonna, there's two words I'm going to throw out there right now, and people are going to get all mad. Dark Souls. Dark Souls. It's got, it's got a dodge roll and everything. Oh, oh I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a dodge roll. It's got, like, a really weird, like, jumpy dodge where, like, she jumps in the air and then rolls. And then there's, like, an air dodge or an air dash, which is <laughs> so good. Um, but there, like, in terms of, like, character empowerment, there's not a lot of it. Um, uh, like, you get, like, you start the game with a leaf, and you beat things up with a leaf, because <laughs> okay. beating things up with a leaf is awesome, and you just get, like, a standard three-hit combo, and, like, some, um, uh, some, like, downward slashes, and that's about it, and you're given a very small toolkit to work with. Um, there are some collectibles you can get that are consumables. Uh, there is an Estus Flask esque um, um, uh, uh, um, identity, I guess, to all of the items because, like, all of the consumables will refill once you reach a checkpoint. Oh. You can just like whack the bell, like so. If like I used three of my heels, whack the checkpoint, and I get them back. And you start, so, like, that's really cool. Um, but, like, where this game really, really, really shines is it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard in a way that games like this typically aren't, in that you, you're, you're expected to get good. Um, like, the enemies are, they're simple, but they're challenging, and the bosses especially are just, they, like, the bosses will make you pull your fucking hair out sometimes. Like, um, Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's just, Jesus Christ, and it feels, <laughs> like, real good when you fucking just, like, roll through a series of attacks that should have just completely fucking taken your head off, and then you can counter that with your own combo and shit, and it's just... Man, like it's hard to think of much bad to say about uh, about Momodoro Reverie Under the Moonlight. Uh, I mean, it, it it is the perfect length. Like it's only about six or seven hours. You you're not really forced to one hundred percent the map if you don't want to. It's not that big a deal. Um, it sounds like exploring is more for getting stronger, which is kind of how the original Metroid did it. Exactly, exactly. Like you, you do your exploring. You're gonna find, you know, you're gonna find more health pickups. You're gonna find more charges for um, your heal barrier or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and like uh, I ended up finding a path to where I got a second leaf 
I didn't like. <gasps> I got an upgraded leaf, so I dual was, leafing. So I was doing more damage um, to enemies and bosses by the end of the game. Um, so I ended up like just randomly kind of stumbling across that little secret path by just feeling my way around the world. I mean, like, well, I haven't been up here. What do I do over there? And again, I like it just because it doesn't feel so fucking like it's trying so hard to be a Metroid game. Like that's an aspect of it, but like nothing in the game really feels like, you have to have this because this is the only, like, shitty games like Strider, where everything you get is literally just, like, it says, you got, it says you got a sword. It's a key. But yeah. it's just a yeah. dumb key to open a purple door. Stop it. Yeah, the worst ones are when it's just, like, the entire progression is just, oh, there's lock one. Okay, you got key one. Oh, there's lock two. You got key two. This is yeah. so funny because I literally because I've always I've it's been so weird hearing about this because I remember playing Momodora two like six years ago yeah I think it was the fourth one and it was just that yeah yeah <laughs> with yeah. very that... obvious cave story knockoff graphics and yeah kind of whole... shitty bosses the original one looks like just straight up cave story it's kind of funny how that series yeah. has turned around yeah they... I've only played two and I just remember having a wretched time with it and then it seems like they just completely turned that around it's like big props to that guy though for just really sticking with it sticking to his vision like it's like this is his baby it's like his series yeah. like he wanted to make these games and yeah. that's awesome and he grew yeah that, that yeah stuff like grew just like I watched Got Boner, better. I watched Boner play some of Momodora Three, which didn't seem too bad. Uh, he streamed mm-hmm. it a while back, um, and then just like the jump to like Reverie Under the Moon, like this game seems just like the praise for it is pretty universal. I think, yeah, awesome. Like it just it looks and sounds so goddamn gorgeous. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so like I want to eat the graphics. They're so good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Do you know if this is like a kind of a reboot of the series? Not a clue. I don't okay. know enough about. Is there any even is there even any story in it? There's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like the way they drop, like it's not Momodor Four. No, it's I just, just wonder. If... Yeah, it's just Momodor Reverie Under the Moonlight. It kind of mm-hmm. seems like it might be a clean break. You can beat up. Once. You can beat up a witch's boobs. Yeah, I, I, I all the I screenshots I see are just like, oh, boob boss. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you can beat beat her boobs up. Um, Do you fight? Don't you fight her like a couple times? Yeah, you fight her twice. The second Excellent. one is just so mean. Oh my god, the second fight made me so mad. You know what? Um, I really want to check out even the ocean, which has been the game that the the anodyne crew spent three years on. Yeah, it looks really cool and cute. Mm. I'm really. Interested in seeing how that turned out, because Anodyne, I think, is another one that kind of showed a lot of promise, even if it did not hold together. Um, I, I really, it's really fun seeing that yeah. kind of improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another cool thing I like is that um, apparently the creator of the game has worked extensively with. I don't know if you guys know a speedrunner named Half Coordinated. Uh, he's a dude nope. that speedruns games mostly oh. with one hand because he has a uh, nerve condition that only allows him full use of one of his hands. 
and uh, he's an avid speedrunner of that game on insane difficulty. Um, plays it with one hand, insane difficulty, where you die in one hit. Everything oh kills you God. in one hit. Uh, and he completes multiple runs all the time. And apparently, like, the creator of the game has actually, like, worked with him to kind of, like, help set up better button configurations or make things more mappable so that he would be able to continue doing that or talking to him about, like, how would you, like, if I'm to make games in the future, like, what would be some things that I could do to make life easier for you so that you could actually play and have fun with these games, too? And uh, so I think that that's actually really cool on the part of the creator as well. But um, that is a game both of you need to absolutely check out. It's so fucking good. It's got all of the right juices. Like it's got the it's got the challenge we like. It's got the the kind of worlds that we like to explore. It's just it's and, and again, I can't emphasize just how fucking gorgeous this game is. Yeah, it looks real nice. It's, it's, yeah, it's great That's little game. so fucking nice. Great little game. That's so fucking cool. And I believe our final Badon Pass is going to Rhett. Oh, uh, <gasps> yes, it is. How's it going, Rhett? Sh- Still or, or hanging in I there? Say, or should I say, yeah. <laughs> now, why would be- you be saying that? Because, uh, getting into news, I guess, No Man's Sky updated this week what what they they're back what with no man's sky version 1.1 the foundation update what the fuck is the foundation update (laughs) so before the game came out they said oh next we're gonna work on base building and owning freighters right and then the game came out on steam and Internet people got real angry, and they went radio silent for, like, three months? It was August? I don't know. Yeah. It it was a while. Yeah, three months. Like, they did a couple, like, bug fixes in September, and then just total silence for several months, except for that weird hack incident, and which resolved with them being like, okay, back to work, disappear. (laughs) Back to radio silence, you fuck. Yeah. So... There had been hints that they were working on something aside from them saying, like, we're working. Mm-hmm. Please leave us alone. Yeah. But not that. And then, like, a guy from Sony said something like, oh, we feel that No Man's Sky will eventually live up to its potential. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Is it going to be updated? <laughs> and then I guess the musician, one of the musicians who worked on it said, yeah, that, that they had made new stuff for it, but they weren't allowed to say what it would be used for. Oh. So, yeah, they, they updated No Man's Sky. Oh, and weird. Yeah, and it's like it's crazy because it's kind of a total rebalance of everything. Does isn't and, it such a drastic rebalance that they have to completely regenerate everything when you start it up? I mean, so the universe has been reset, but like stuff is in the same place basically. Oh, like okay. I did revisit one. Like the plants themselves won't be the same. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think the animals that are there will be the same. Like, kind of the temperament of each planet will be the same. Like, I did revisit one just to see, and I'm like, oh, yep, this looks the same. Gotcha. But, like, where the actual buildings are. Like, the planet generation is a lot crazier now. Like, they seem to have not removed, but there's much more verticality. Like, there can be huge 
yeah, there's huge mountains now. People say they've seen like canyons and rivers. I'm not sure about rivers actually. Mm. Like beaches, like oceans can be super deep now. Like there is there does seem to be like a good amount of variety now. Mm-hmm. And then like just like weird like balance changes to like the economy. Like oh, titanium isn't like super easy to get now because it's way too good. Because originally, like, when you d- defeated the enemy robots, like, they would drop titanium, and mm-hmm. titanium is, like, the best metal for shielding. Aww. It was just like, boy, you can get, like, a ton of this super easy. So, so now they don't drop titanium anymore. Oh. And just, yeah. So just weird little rebounds things. And they also added uh, survival mode and creative mode. <laughs> now, what? And I think those names are super funny because that's what Minecraft uses. Yeah, I was about to say, that sounded familiar. Yeah. Because I think that's the right move, though, because a lot of people's complaints with that game were that it seems like it's being pulled in two different directions where it's got these survival game aspects that aren't maybe fully baked, Mm -hmm. but then people also just want to explore and not have to worry about that. So now, Yeah, so now basically there's Zen mode, or there's pain in the ass survival mode which is what i'm playing on now oh no there's also zen mode where you have to do a bunch of platforming and beat up testicles i I don't understand that reference so (laughs) that's a half-life joke okay oh okay i I was thinking zen with a z that's why (sighs) continue so survival mode is real weird because the first hour of it is super difficult <laughs> because you don't start next to your ship anymore. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You start like seven to 15 minutes away from it and have to walk to it. To oh, it. no. But the plants they start you on will always seem to have some weather condition. Oh. Like, oh, it's freezing cold or it's super hot or it's raining acid. So, like, the weird thing about that game is that, like, all weather conditions like that act the same mm. gameplay-wise, where you just run into a cave and then it's fine. Like, amazingly, all caves in this game have the perfect, like, temperature. They aren't radiated. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the, uh, a lot of meters run real fast on survival mode. Like, your general life support also goes down much faster than normal. Mm-hmm. So getting to the ship was, like, this cool achievement. Like, wow, it, I died, like, 30 seconds away from it the first time. Because I'm like, I see the ship, but goddamn, am I cold? And, oh, I'm dead. No. And, like, my last thing was, like, the thing saying, time till ship, 30 seconds. And I went over a hill, and I saw it, and I fell over dead. God damn it. So I got to the ship on the second try, and then that felt cool. And then it's like, okay, to fix the ship, you need these elements. And... The original game did this, too, where it's just like, oh, there's Heridium over here. And it pointed to, like, a meet a icon appeared, and it goes, 17-minute walk. Oh. And boy. I'm just like, oh, boy. So, and I'm like, anything, you go anywhere, your life support is draining. So yeah. it's like this race. So I made it there, and then I couldn't make it back. <laughs> And this kind of sucked, actually. I got stuck in a loop of, like, spawning and immediately dying. Oh, that is shit. So, like, that happens... Because the save system in this game isn't really well-suited for survival mode. Right. Like, it should probably just be roll back to your last save. Mm-hmm. But instead, like, 
I guess when you die in survival mode, like anything you have on you is just gone for good. Oh. So, I'm you're respawning at your so- spawn point, but with no items, and then like it's not even like recharging my shield, so I'm just immediately falling over dead. Mm. So after doing that a few times, I just straight up respawned with like no life support or no shields. Oh, you're fucked. You're completely fucked. Of, yeah. But like literally zero. And you know what happened? Hmm. I, w- I was just invincible. What? Because my life like went to zero and I didn't actually <gasps> die from anything. So I'm just walking around the game world in black and white mode. Oh, and wow. I can't, so I can't die, but then I can't. So it was super weird. So I walk back to my ship. I get in my ship. And it was either getting out. I think when you get out of your ship is when it saves. Mm-hmm. So I get out of the ship and immediately die. Oh, f- and it and it didn't save. So I go back to the previous save point, go back into like ghost mode. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do? So I'm trying to figure out all these ways to get it to save once I've like gathered some items while I'm in ghost mode. Uh-huh. <laughs> so eventually I was actually able to break out of it by like gathering all the stuff I needed to fix my ship, going to the ship, getting in it, but not getting out, which kills me, flying to the nearest space station, then getting out. Immediately falling over dead, but respawning on the space station where oh, I'll be safe. wow. So that was kind of fucked. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. I, so I'm not even sure if that's a bug or not, or if it's just like, we don't really want you to get permanently stuck in survival mode, so here's like kind of an out. Yeah. Because it let me just basically be a ghost and walk around and gather the resources I needed. Mm-hmm. But... So yeah, survival mode is neat. Like I'm playing that, and it's gotten significantly easier since that first hour, which is like really, really hard. Mm. But then it is funny when like you go land on a planet, and it's just like acid rain, and you're just like, oh, I I have to run back to my ship because I'm going to die in like 20 seconds. Yeah, that's pretty fucked. Yeah, so it just it does add some threat to the game. But, like, the ship combat that people complained about at launch mm-hmm. is, like, almost completely broken survival mode because you just die instantly. Oh, jeez. It's just like, oh, your shields d- go down, like, four times faster now. Great. Mm. So some some aspects of it might, might need to be tweaked. Might still need to be tweaked. Yeah. I assume this is called the foundation update because, because it is the foundation yeah. of what the rest of this thing is going to play out as. Yeah, that that's even what they said. And people are like, that is really pretentious to say that about your game that came out for $60 four months ago. Yeah, that just now that. you're building the foundation of yeah, the game. They're, they're not wrong. I still yeah. think people got a reason to be pissed about all this. Definitely, but I am glad that the team did not actually cut and run. Yeah. And it was interesting seeing, like, actual positivity around the game for once. Like, oh, like, the Reddit has 180'd again, and everyone's talking about playing the game again. Hey, we're not going to Star Citizen, where we're going to get ripped off again. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they will. Because, like, if this game updates, like, every three to four months, like, people will burn through the content and get bored again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck Sharon Murray. So the other big thing in this update is that you can build your own bases now. And the bu- base building is pretty cool. Uh-huh. And so the the crazy thing about it, though, is that you can store items now and you couldn't before. Like, you just had to carry you everything had to carry on your everything. person yeah, that was a or big in your ship. Problem. 
And that's what made the inventory such a pain yeah. for people because it's like when you're trying to craft something, it's like, oh, I need a thousand of this element. Guess I need to either carry that element with me forever <laughs> or go find it as I need it, yeah. which was a pain. So like being able to store stuff for later is like kind of this huge paradigm shift for how that game plays. So it's like, oh, I can gather some stuff and store it away for later. Weird. Wow. It's kind of like it's something that should have been in there in the yeah. first place. Huh? <laughs> and some of the interfaces for the bases are kind of rough. Like, it's weird. Like, you can teleport to your base from any space station. Mm -hmm. And it kind of does like a blue version of the uh, hyperdrive when you do that. Oh. And it's loading in the new system. Yeah. Like. So some of the stuff does seem kind of bolted on, but it makes the game play much better. Yeah. And then, like, you can... Oh, so the dumbest thing in this update, though, besides, like, the whole core of that game before was, like, a solitary, lonely journey Yeah. The, through space, and uh -huh. this has kind of thrown all that out. Because <laughs> originally, in the Bane game, you don't understand any of the aliens talking. You have right. to learn. You have to learn their language one word at a time, mm -hmm. and that system is still in there, except for the new NPCs they added, who all speak English, and it's super weird. That that seems kind of like and it, it totally breaks the yeah, fiction. Yeah, like that immersion just goes right yeah. out the window. Because for your base, you can hire specialists like a farmer or an like an arms dealer. Yeah. So on every space station now, there's just an NPC who speaks English going, hey, you want to hire me? Oh, my God. And it just, yeah, it just breaks the fiction real bad. Because in the original game, there were two characters that spoke English, and mm -hmm. I actually saw them again, and I forgot. They speak kind of weird English. We're like it super feels, short sentences. It feels yeah. like a concession that nobody oh, asked for. It's totally a concession, yeah. But that's just, that's kind of a minor thing it's not a huge deal but it is weird how like the tone and mood yeah. of that game is just totally different now i think yeah with these npcs you can talk to and just the whole having a base does feel weird like there's something permanent to your journey because mm -hmm. I, I kept moving my base early on because i was like oh this planet's cool oh this one's even cooler and then i find a planet i'm like oh this one's paradise i'm gonna go here and like it's pretty good about letting you move your base like it refunds the materials you used to buy it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of addicted to that game again. Oh, no! But then, last night, like, so, the specialists, they give quests to you, basically. Like, oh, I need 50 of this material. And there's a whole bunch of new materials that are tied to the biomes. Mm -hmm. Where, like, oh, this spawns in caves. Or, oh, this spawns on ice planets. So, like, you can't finish the progression of that game on one planet anymore. Which was really stupid before. So now you actually have to look for certain elements on certain types of planets. Like, oh, this only spawns in radiated planets. Oh. So that's good. cool, though. Cause it, well, I mean, it, it, it keeps you moving around. Yeah, it gives some reason for you to kind of keep exploring. And the game is better about showing you what's on a planet before you land there. Like, you can scan from space now, which mm. you couldn't before. That's a smart idea. Yeah. So, but, like, for one of the specialists, I did all their quests. And they just, like, literally said, okay, I'm done at the end. Oh, I have nothing more to teach you. And it's just like, oh, 
<laughs> like this weird empty feeling of kind of finishing one aspect of the progression and just being like, oh, okay. It was kind of like your dialogue wasn't really thought out, was it? Huh? Yeah. But just like now there's this guy standing there and just when you talk to him, he goes, I nothing more I can teach you. I he kind should of just say, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what he did, though. And it's just like, I don't know, I kind of wish there was some sort of repeatable aspect to it to where it wasn't like like they're they're getting close to like kind of skyrim randomly generated quest stuff yeah because for some of it they actually will just be like oh there's a thing on this planet i need you to check out and it'll point you towards the thing Mm -hmm. and that's kind of cool like it's generating that stuff on the fly right oh and there's this there's this super weird moment though where apparently claiming a base you claim the entire planet so like I went up to this NPC who wasn't working for me, and the dialogue was like, apparently you are unaware of my claim to this planet. Hand me over your weapon. It's super, like, imperialist awkwardness. I'm like, oh, whoever was writing this game before isn't writing this DLC. Yeah. It's it's very strange. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, I I like that game. It's real dumb in some fun ways. Like naming animals, like this guy's gonna try to eat you. This guy's fun for going me. to try to. Yeah, I've noticed your naming uh, conventions <laughs> are very. Uh, they're a little on the nose. I mean, I don't half the time I'm naming stuff after like anime girls. Like one system I just named Hina Mizawa. My base is on Planet Meon. There you go. So that's No Man's Sky. That's No Man's Sky. Um, <laughs> I mean, other than, my God, like, is there any real news to go over at this point? I don't think so. I, mean, no. I, I got no butt steam. Um, starting to run a little long in the tooth, honestly. So yeah. I think if we got any questions, we're going to just... Uh, oh, I forgot to look for questions. I don't think so. I think it's just Game of the Year lists. Yeah, we're just going to yeah, do... Yeah. Uh, so um, oh oh geez i just got a chinese email what yeah gao Xing song uh-huh. writes to podcast a bunch of chinese stuff i can't read all right <laughs> should i throw this in language tools right now oh my god hold on <laughs> it's not gonna say anything no it's it's going to be garbage i'm sure let's okay uh company's neck key shaped somewhat 10 years from start of service, the production package webpage, the demand recovery system. <laughs> yeah, great. And there's your bus steam. <laughs> so, Rhett, pop quiz. Okay. How many games? Three. How long should the blurbs be? Two to three sentences. When are these lists due? Oh, God. Uh, December 15th at midnight. Boom, you nailed it. Look at you. Pro. Goddamn superstar over here. Too fucking pro. Too fucking pro. John. Fire. That's me. Where can we find you? Farawaytimes.com. You can play my new game Spiders Hollow on that website, farawaytimes.com. You know, like we were good. talking about your game, I don't think you even actually mentioned the name of it. Nope. Nope. Spiders <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's Spiders <laughs> Hollow. The spider game. Yeah. Machine game is called Kikai because it's Japanese for yep. machine yeah, game, for and it looks like a Game Boy game. Yeah, yeah. Rhett, where can we find is you? It, is there any deep meaning to Spider's Hollow? 
Or is it just like a hollow tree? Well, it's a hollow tree and a spider lives there. Okay. Is, is the spider hollow because they need something full in their belly? That's really good. Spider is hollow. Therefore, <laughs> you're going in that belly. Oh my god! Very Fucking good. get us out of here! Get Very us good, Rhett. Rhett, where where are you? In three because I don't I haven't paid the bill on my website for these <laughs> years because they jacked the price up. And when um, next we meet on the Soxcast, we will be reading all of this game of the year nonsense. So remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.